are now tuned in to this week's episode of our podcast. Today, we are going to interview some of the greatest and most influential minds in our field. By sharing our collective expertise, we will show you how to harness, control, and use your own skill set to achieve ultimate success and live the life you want. And now, please welcome your host. It's TED Talks Daily. I'm Elise Hugh. As a designer, Elaine Fong helps bring ideas and brands to life. She shapes narratives for a living. In today's talk from 2017's TEDx San Francisco, Fong tells the powerful story of the lessons she learned about a concept that really needs a rebranding, death. She explains how talking it through could improve understanding, empathy, and humanity around a topic we so often avoid. There's another podcast you might enjoy. Whether you're looking to discover a new series to binge, find your next great read, or check out that movie everyone's talking about, NPR's Pop Culture Happy Hour is your guide to all things entertainment. Five days a week, NPR's Pop Culture Happy Hour keeps pop culture in high spirits and helps you decide which buzzy movies, shows, music, books, and video games might be right for you. Listen now to the Pop Culture Happy Hour podcast from NPR. TED Talks Daily is supported by Progressive. Progressive has you covered when it comes to car insurance, starting with built-in savings, like discounts for being a safe driver. You can also save when you start your quote online or have multiple vehicles on your policy. In fact, drivers who switch and save with Progressive save over $750 on average. Start a quote online and see all the discounts for yourself. Visit Progressive.com today. National annual average auto insurance savings by new customers surveyed in 2019. Potential savings will vary. Discounts vary and are not available in all states and situations. What do you want to create? Where do you share this with others? And how do you want them to feel? As a brand designer, I ask a lot of questions and practice empathy to understand from people their personalities and motivations behind the why of what they do to help them express themselves. Sometimes transforming ugly moments into unique ones or turning something ordinary into something memorable. To help the face behind a brand express themselves through beautiful experiences. But what happens when the experience you've been asked to design is death, and the face behind that brand is your very own mother? This was the design challenge I was faced with last year when my mom was diagnosed with stage four cancer and she asked us to support her end of life. For 12 years, she was in remission from a previous cancer. She had a tumor behind her ear, and this time it came back as bone cancer in one of her vertebrae. What we all thought was back pain from arthritis revealed itself to be the worst. It was the beginning of the end of her life. But first, let me tell you about my mom. She was born in China in 1948. She and her twin brother grew up in a large family. Her mother was the second wife to her father, and second wives and their children 
weren't viewed in the most positive light because it was just the cultural norm of the time. And growing up in communist China in the 1950s as a daughter and not a son meant that my mom was not the pride of the family. And she knew she wanted better and needed to get out. So she got tough, developed thick skin, and decided to fight for her life. She fled China to Hong Kong, and when she was 22, she married my dad, and they made their life in the United States. And she continued to fight. She was persistent, fearless. She never took no for an answer. We always said that she could charm the skin off of a snake or just whip it into a straight line. <laughs> Growing up with her mom, she fought for my sisters and I to get into the best classes in school, even though they were full. She fought for a prime real estate location for my dad so he could start his own business. And as a teenager with me, we fought a lot over bad boyfriends, body piercings, punk music. It's always true when they say mom's always right. The cancer she had in 2004 gave her a preview into her death. At that time, she had endured a lot of radiation and treatments. A lot of radiation involved the side of her brain, and she never forgot how the mental and physical side effects made her feel. Overcoming that cancer was a source of pride for her, as well as traveling the world with my dad, watching all of her daughters get married, and seeing her grandbabies grow up into teenagers. Her world was filled with beautiful experiences and a lot of color, but she never talked about the shades of gray. She never talked about how that preview into her death gave her 12 years to silently prepare and brace herself for the end. This time when we gathered around her in the hospital, she had an announcement to make. She said that she did not want to do any treatments, no surgery. She was ready to go. She looked at us point blank and said that. She did not want to live life trapped to a bed, unable to feed herself, unable to use the bathroom for herself. She did not want to become a vegetable, and she wanted to exit this world knowing exactly who she was. She was adamant. In the state of Washington, where my mom lived, Death with Dignity has been in effect since 2009. And for those of you who aren't familiar, Death with Dignity is legislation that empowers individuals to decide for themselves to move on when science has confirmed the end is near. It gives individuals the legal right to decide and act for themselves to move on when faced with a terminal illness. Death with Dignity is legal in five out of 50 U.S. states and is one of many end-of-life care options available. It was this particular end-of-life care option that my mom wanted, and she asked us to support her through this. We were devastated, and none of us knew what to say. So she spoke first. I want a private ceremony at home, immediate family only, this is the outfit that I want to wear, and don't spend any money on flowers, but if you do, I like yellow ones. <laughs> I want my ashes scattered on Mount Rainier, and afterwards for you all to have a dinner party. You know, nothing fancy, casual, maybe with some southern-style food and some music. 
She knew exactly what she wanted. She wanted a celebration. After a lot of tears and listening, hospice came in to consult with us on next steps. And we learned that we needed signatures from two doctors in order to proceed with death with dignity. Her primary care physician said he would sign, but only if her oncologist signed off first. Her oncologist was shocked. He was so surprised that she was ready to make such a swift decision. He said, you know, like, it's stage four cancer, but you could live for another six months, maybe even longer. Don't you want to have more time to live? Don't you want to enjoy life for as long as you can? My mom said she wanted death with dignity. This is my time. This is what I want. He told her no. We were really confused. Her cancer was confirmed. Hospice just came in and walked us through the process. As a doctor and an educated man of science, he is trained to problem-solve diseases. His expertise is to find solutions for illnesses, not to relate to my mom's personal view on life. We needed to understand where he was coming from. He was honest and said, look, I'm new to Washington. I just transferred here from California where this law was recently made legal. I have never experienced this before. I need time to think about it. No, I won't sign. He looked at my sisters and I to back him up, and we looked at her mom, and she was overcome with disappointment and burst into tears. This was a woman who never took no for an answer, and after 12 years of preparing for her end, she found herself fighting again. She was fighting for her life to end, for her right to die. In hospice and palliative care, there are three main focus areas for support. Comfort, spirituality, and peace. It's a testament to our society that this level of care is available, ranging from pragmatic to natural and holistic, if you can afford it. As a family, we decided to care for our mom at home. And in order to create a comfortable space for her, we needed to get creative. In the initial stages of her diagnosis, she was mobile with the help of a walker, even though she was frail. In order to get blood circulation flowing through her legs, we needed to get creative with her exercises. We decided to have fun. So we would see how many Beatles songs it would take for her to walk around the kitchen island X amount of times, all of us singing along to Love Me Do and Let It Be. We watched YouTube videos to learn how to give her haircuts. And the house didn't have a shower on the main floor, so on the weekends we would sneak our mom into my sister's office and use the handicap accessible shower. This deluge of hot steaming water in my mom's body felt so amazing to her. It was one of the last little luxuries that she wished for compared to the sponge baths that we gave her. A lot of her time was spent resting in bed and we would watch documentaries together and classic Warren Beatty movies. 
Sometimes she'd ask me for a mood board of beautiful images of Mount Rainier so she could look forward to where her ashes would rest. Once a month, she would see her oncologist for status updates, and it was very clear from test results that her cancer was growing. Every time she'd plead with him to have her death with dignity wish fulfilled, and he'd say no, and she'd go home disappointed. At this point, she was in a chest brace and a wheelchair because her bones could no longer support her. It's easy for us to think of design as aesthetics or creating visuals. Design is also a tool for communication, a combination of creativity and empathy. Earlier, I referred to my mom's death as a design challenge, which I know sounds strange and off-putting. It's a challenge because, for obvious reasons, but it involved design because it required us to talk about it to talk about it with her doctors and hospice and with our families to make decisions. By having the conversation, it allowed us to come together to grasp what was happening so we could have a shared language with a common goal for understanding. One night when I was sitting next to my mom, I was caressing her arm and I noticed that the texture of her skin was unusually dry and the color of her flesh was dull. I had been so focused on executing her end-of-life wishes that I realized I didn't know what the end of her life felt like. I didn't know what she was going through because I just accepted it. So I asked her, what does it feel like? What does what feel like? Cancer? What does your cancer feel like? Fire, she said. My bones are on fire and everywhere under my skin is burning. And every time I move, it just makes it worse. My whole body is on fire. After a moment, she said, are you mad at me? No, why would I be mad at you? for wanting to move on, for wanting to go to heaven because it's my time. I looked her in the eye and I said, I'm really proud of you. I think you're brave. I think you're a designer like me. She perked up. She's like, ooh, really? You think I'm a designer? <laughs> yes. You're creating the experience that you want to have. You're designing how you say goodbye. She took my hand and said, you understand. The next visit to her oncologist was her last one. What started as a small cluster in one vertebrae expanded throughout her spine and pushed its way forward into her sternum and her ribcage, all within four months. This time, there was no begging. He said, the cancer is growing really fast. She looked at him in the eye and said, I know. <laughs> two days later, she got her two signatures and signed legal documents and prescription to proceed with death with dignity. The fight was over and she won. It was actually one of the happiest days of her life. 
I want to be clear and say that I don't think it was wrong of the oncologist to hesitate on death with dignity. It was his responsibility to have a conversation with us, to guide us in understanding and needing us to be curious about all medical treatments that were available until it was very clear her illness was terminal. And I completely respect him for that. It was also our responsibility to have a conversation with him, to guide him in understanding our mom's wishes for her end of life. He needed to be curious about that alternative as well. When it came time to fill the prescription, we learned there were two options. The first was a liquid form. Its immediate effect varied upon body type and could take anywhere from two hours to two days to go into effect. We were also informed that it can burn the throat going down and patients have a hard time swallowing it because sometimes they have gag reflexes and it's hard for family members to watch. The cost of that medicine was $400. The second option was a pill. Its effect much faster, much easier for patients to swallow. The cost of this was $4,000. Neither were covered by insurance. Our healthcare system, policies, and regulations are intended to protect and support us. What patient scenarios and experiences are yet to be designed? What systems need to be revisited? Because at this moment, there was a lot here that could use a redesign. We were so close to bringing her peace. Her dying was complicated enough. How difficult does the system need to be in order to give a patient a peaceful death? The price tag difference was eye-popping for sure, but it wasn't our decision to make. This was our mom's call. She said, that's crazy. Are you kidding me? I'll take the $400 one. I'm leaving anyway. <laughs> the night before her death, we had a dinner party at her house at her request. We made a beautiful feast of roast chicken, colorful salad, strawberry shortcake, sparkling wine. We made a playlist of her favorite tunes. It was a mix of the Bee Gees, Dusty Springfield, and Elvis. We told stories, we laughed, she gave a toast. She was so happy, she was glowing the whole night. The morning of her last day, an end-of-life care assistant came to the house to help us through the process. As preparations were underway, I kept stealing glances at her to see how she was doing. Every time I saw her, her eyes were bright and her mouth was smiling and she just kept giving me a thumbs up because she wanted us to feel brave. We learned there were three medications in total. The first was to slow down her heart rate the second was for anti-nausea, and the third was her final medication. The assistant, before he handed her the medication, said that by law, she had to declare out loud that it was her intention to go to sleep and to not wake up. By law, none of us could help her hold the cup or help her drink it. She needed to do it for herself. And he warned her that it could burn and to take her time. My mom took the cup with two hands, 
and pounded it back like a shot of whiskey. <laughs> she looked at my dad and smiled, closed her eyes, and in 45 minutes, she was gone. I know the experience that we had is not common. For many people, they don't get the chance to say goodbye the way that we did. For some, death is full of uncertainty and can often be a waiting game. Watching our mom deteriorate wasn't easy, and neither was caring for her. There were many parts of the experience that were not beautiful, that involved the expected tubes, needles, bedpans, and fluorescent lights. Caring for her was possible because my sister Nancy took on the difficulty of moving mom into her house, and my sister Jenny is a nurse and managed her pain until the very end. In an odd way, there was a lot of comfort because we were figuring out this whole mess together. I can't imagine what it would have been like if my mom lived in a state where this was not legal. How long and how painful would it have been? This year, 30 U.S. states are considering death with dignity. And what that means for actual legislation is unknown, but what is clear is that there are a lot more people who want to have a say. All over the world, there are many cultures and families who practice their own rituals of death. These rituals are expressions based on their unique situations and environments. If you could design your own death, what would the experience be like? And how would you want it to feel? I'm not a healthcare professional, and I'm not an inventor of science. I'm a brand designer that creates experiences by connecting with human emotion. What I know from my mom's experience is that it gave us the tools to talk about death. By sharing her story with friends and strangers, I've learned there is a lot of curiosity behind this. By having the conversation, it helps us to perhaps reframe or even rebrand death from feeling scary or desolate or bleak, to reimagining it as honest, noble, and brave. My mom was born a fighter, and she became a designer at the end of her life. Today, she would have turned 69 years old, and it's her birthday wish that I share her story with you. Death is a universal human experience. What I've shared with you is more than a conversation between myself and my family. It's a conversation that belongs to all of us. Patients, doctors, healthcare providers, policymakers, family members, together we all have a say in creating beautiful experiences from the very beginning, but more importantly, at the end. Thank you. You can listen to us on the, on the go. go.
Sign up for the newsletter so you never miss an update. Wouldn't it be great if there were a pocket-sized guide that could help you sleep, focus, act, or be better? Well, there is. And if you have 10 minutes, Headspace can change your life. I know because it's definitely helped me too. Headspace is your daily dose of mindfulness in the form of guided meditations in an easy-to-use app. Headspace is the only meditation app advancing the field of mindfulness and meditation through clinically validated research. So whatever the situation, Headspace can really help you feel better. If you're overwhelmed, Headspace has three-minute SOS meditations for you. Need some help falling asleep? They can help you with wind-down sessions their members swear by. And for parents, Headspace even has stuff that you could do with your kids too. And their approach to mindfulness can help you reduce stress, improve sleep, boost focus, and increase your overall sense of well-being. Like I said, I use Headspace as well. I used to use it back in the day, then I got off of it for a while to use another tool. But then, honestly, I came back to it, and it's even better. The voicing, the meditation, it definitely, even just with five minutes a day, it really changes everything for me. It's backed by 25 published studies on its benefits, 600,000 five-star reviews, and over 60 million downloads. Incredible. So you deserve to feel happier and Headspace is meditation made simple. So go to headspace.com slash SPI. That's headspace.com slash SPI for a free one month trial with access to Headspace's full library of meditations for every situation. This is the best deal offered right now. Head to headspace.com slash SPI today. So if you're using anything other than Indeed for your hiring, you are wasting your time. You can hire great people faster with Indeed and only pay for results and get back time in your schedule. Indeed.com is a hiring site that helps you find quality candidates with Indeed Instant Match. Indeed searches through the millions of resumes in their database to help show you great candidates instantly, like that. And now, with Indeed's new Instant Match feature, you can view quality candidates whose resumes on Indeed fit your description immediately after upgrading a job post. Unlike some other hiring sites, Indeed gives you full control and payment flexibility, delivering a quality shortlist faster, and there's no long-term contracts either. You can pause your account at any time and you only pay for what you need. And they help ensure that you get and show up at the right place at the right time in front of the right candidates. According to Indeed data, candidates invited to apply through Instant Match are three times more likely to apply to your job than those who only see it in search. So you want your quality shortlist fast? You need Indeed. Right now, our listeners get a free $75 credit to upgrade your job post at indeed.com slash SPI. This is Indeed's best offer available anywhere. Get a free $75 credit at indeed.com slash SPI. That's indeed.com slash SPI. Offer valid through March 31st. Terms and conditions apply. At the end of 2020, I launched a brand new project. And this had nothing to do with business. In fact, it was completely on the side. And most people who saw me go down this route told me I was a little bit crazy. Crazy because I already have a lot of other things going on. I have a family, and that's really important, obviously. I have a business to take care of, a team. In fact, I have a few businesses. I advise other companies too, and those are important. However, I have that itch that many of us have, which is the entrepreneurial itch. And it's not the one in the crevice that you can't reach. It's the one that actually you can. That sounded really weird. But anyway, you know what I mean? It's like we all have the opportunity to create new things, to try new things. And there needs to be a balance if you indeed have this itch and you wanna try something new versus continuing to say yes to the things that you've already said yes to. Because I think we can all relate to the fact that sometimes we see new opportunities, we jump on them and leave behind the other opportunities that we had once jumped toward as well. Thus, not really getting anywhere. So how do we manage this? What is this project? Why did I even do it? How is it even going? 
All that and more today in this episode, a solo episode of the Smart Passive Income Podcast. Let's hit the intro. Welcome to the Smart Passive Income Podcast, where it's all about working hard now so you can sit back and reap the benefits later. And now your host, he claims he's going to double the size of his YouTube channel in 2021. We'll see. Pat Flynn. Hey, what's up? It's Pat Flynn here. Welcome to episode 463 of the Smart Passive Income Podcast. My name is Pat Flynn here to help you make more money, save more time, and help more people too. And today I'm talking about a special project that happened at the end of last year that I'm still doing right now at the time of this recording. In fact, it'll be really interesting to see once I share some of the numbers with you. Yes, there are numbers involved and where those numbers are today. So let me just reveal what this side project is and then I'll get into the details of how and of course why and am I even crazy? You might think I am once I say this, but I started a new YouTube channel. And no, I'm not talking about the Smart Passive Income YouTube channel separate from my Pat Flynn channel, the one that's mostly managed by my team for us to be a library of resources for you. That's coming out or at least maybe at this time has already come out, but that's not what I'm talking about. Like I said, this has nothing to do with business. I'm talking about my brand new hobby based YouTube channel. It's in the realm of Pokemon card collecting. That's right. I started a Pokemon card collecting YouTube channel. It's called Deep Pocket Monster because Pokemon actually means pocket monster, but I had a little fun with the title Deep Pocket as in I'm investing. And that is actually true. I am investing in this hobby. Now, a little bit of background before I get into the details of what I'm creating, how I'm positioning myself, how I was able to launch this thing and make some noise in the industry already to the point where I'm even getting, as a Pokemon collector, brand new by the way, I wasn't into Pokemon before, I'm getting invited onto other people's podcasts to talk about my collection, which is really strange, especially when you're invited on a podcast and you're talking with a guy named Pokemon Radar for two hours about Pokemon cards and collectibles. And I gotta tell you, just zooming out a little bit, I'm having so much fun. But I say that with a warning, because a lot of us wanna do all the fun things. But in order for me to fit this into my busy life, to my business life, to my personal life, and still be able to manage all the other things, and still stay sane and not overwhelmed, I had to implore what I like to call the 20% itch rule. And maybe you've heard this before, perhaps you were in San Diego a couple years ago for FlynnCon where I revealed this strategy. This is a strategy that I used to launch the SwitchPod with my buddy and partner, Caleb. And that business is, by the way, going very well. We should be doing an upcoming episode here on the podcast to give you a quick update on some of the fun things that have been happening with that business, but we'll save that for later. Today, we're talking Pokemon. (laughs) But the 20% itch rule is this idea that, okay, if you are somebody who, like me, wants to do all the things, first of all, realizing that you can't do all the things, but you can also stick to just one. And there's a book out there that I've talked about before. It's called The One Thing by Gary Keller and Jay Papasan. And that is a fantastic book. It really tells you the consequence of what it's like to divide your energy across multiple different things. And when you do that, nothing has a chance to succeed. But at the same time, when I tried to do the one thing, I always felt like something was missing. I always felt like I I at least wanted to have something to give myself some breathing room from the one thing that I was doing to give myself some pause or some some space, if you will. And over time, when I've learned about this 
And it's not anything new. I didn't create this. I didn't make this stuff. This was, in fact, something I learned from people like Gary Vaynerchuk, Ramit Sethi. Even Google implores this 20% itch rule. It's allowed me to scratch that itch, but in a controlled and contained manner. So what is this 20% itch rule? Well, I dedicate 80% of my time to all the things that I've already said yes to, the things that I know I am responsible for. That includes, obviously, my team, my family, like all the things that I'm supposed to do, I make sure I do it. But I wanna do it efficiently so that that's 80% of my time, all my responsibilities, opening up then 20% of my time to play around, to experiment, to try new things without the worry of failure. Because if I were to not have this rule, not have these boundaries, not have this constraint, well then what would happen? I might go all in with this new thing, completely leave everything else behind, and I might find that I wanna do this new thing and I just am fully 100% vested into the things I've already said yes to and now I'm feeling, I don't know, unfulfilled. And I don't want that either. So this 80-20 rule, the 20% itch rule, Ramit Sethi does it where Monday, Tuesday, Wednesday, Thursday, he's working on all the things he needs to work on. Friday is his day to explore, to try new ideas, to experiment, and that's where a lot of his business ideas come from is literally Friday. Gary Vaynerchuk talks about this when it comes to new social media platforms. The idea that, okay, you gotta spend 80% of your time on all the places you know you need to spend time on. Whatever your primary social media platforms are, great, spend time there. But you should also reserve some time for some of the new things that have come out. Earlier this year, I did that with Clubhouse, and that's been going very well, by the way. Hello, fellow Clubhousers. If you'd like to follow me there, at Pat Flynn is my username there, and it's really fun. But at the same time, we think about Google. And you may have heard this before where Google will, in fact, allow their employees 20% of their time to just kind of chill out and try new things and experiment and build and advance on some stuff that isn't really a part of what they're supposed to do. But that's where a lot of really cool new things have come about. I believe Gmail was a part of that 20% itch rule for somebody over at Google. So for me in my life, I try to save 80% of my time for the things I know I need to do and allow for 20% of time for the things that are fun and experimental, where if I fail, that's okay, because I still got the 80% and I'm scratching that itch and it's making me feel good, (laughs) right? And so let's talk about this in terms of the switch pod. Back in 2017, 2018, 2019, That's really what my 20% of my extra time was dedicated to, to learning how to build a physical product, to partner with Caleb and manufacture this thing, to run a Kickstarter campaign to the tune of over 4,000 backers, which was in February of 2019. We launched and we had earned over $415,000. But that took a long time. That was two years, a lot of prototypes, 13 or 14 prototypes, going to events, sharing it with people. And again, 20% of my time was dedicated to that. And it worked out. In many other cases, my 20% of time building niche sites or other fun little side projects that, again, allows me to scratch that itch and feel good, have completely failed and fall flat on their face. For example, I bought a website once, yes, an existing website in the golf space, thinking that I could rehash it and turn it into something great, and then I just fell flat on it. I just did not have the energy, and perhaps I was chasing the money a little bit there, which is always not a great thing to start with in terms of why are you doing this, but I saw an opportunity, I went on it, dedicated some time to learn how to flip websites and it didn't work out and it didn't really go anywhere. So that was an example of a failure. Not always does it work out, but I still was able to move forward in my other responsibilities and my other business. So let's go back to Pokemon. Deep Pocket Monster on YouTube if you wanna see it. 
And by the time of this recording, or at the time of this recording, we are at 1,300 subscribers, which is pretty darn cool to be able to get that actually within two weeks. Yes, I launched the new YouTube channel, and within two weeks, and I promise you, these aren't all just followers of mine who saw me on my live streams and who saw me talk about it. No, 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 no. Some of them, yeah. So let's say even a 1,000. I know they're into Pokemon because they're comments, because they're sharing it, because I'm getting spoken about in this space already. So this is how I've been able to find the time. Now, why Pokemon, though? Well, it's interesting. There's a little bit of a backstory here, and it takes us back to 2019, sort of around August, and I was in London with one of my best friends, Chris Ducker, a four-timer here on the show. And he and I were with our families. We were enjoying some time together in England. And Pokemon was a craze that his son, Charlie, was really into. And Chris was in it as well. My son, my daughter, my wife and I were really not into it at all. But we saw the fun they were having, opening up packs, talking about the cards, the artwork. I remember watching Pokemon when I was a kid. And actually, my most distant memory of Pokemon was when I worked at Toys R Us. And that was actually related to the cards because when I was 17 years old, I worked at Toys R Us. And every Saturday, all these 6 to 12-year-olds came in with their cards dirtied up, wrapped in a rubber band, put in their pocket. They're playing with each other, the trading card game. And I was responsible for making sure there were no fights and that everybody was playing fairly and, you know, stacking the tables after the day was over, that sort of thing. That was my role. But I just have vivid memories of these cards and not really thinking anything of them. And so it brought back those memories. And I was like, you know what, this this might be kind of fun. So we bought some packs in England and we opened them up as a family. We had a really good time. And when we got back to San Diego, I started to buy a few more packs and open them up. And I finished a collection, actually, of a set called Unified Minds, just like 100 and some odd cards in there. We ended up getting them all. So I did catch them all. And then I kind of just let it sit. I also went on eBay and I found some really cool looking cards that I found. There was a card that was sort of a crossover between Mario and Pikachu as a promotional card that was actually given out in 2016. And I bought the set of four of these Mario Pikachu promo cards for $600. It's the most I've ever spent on a collectible other than things related to Back to the Future. And again, I liked them. Had no purpose of like making it an investment or anything. It's just I like them. Well, fast forward to 2020 post-pandemic or, or during pandemic, if you will, and a lot of people being able to stay at home, thinking of things to do, a huge boom in the collectibles industry. And I go and check the prices of these Mario cards. Again, I bought them for $600 total for all four of them. I see the prices and they're over $4,000. And I'm like, what are you? This, this is just cardboard. It's literally just cardboard that some of them look pretty. And then I started to dive deeper. Some of the cards that I had in that set that I had had risen in 300 to 1,000%. I ended up taking one of those cards and getting it graded. Getting it graded means it gets authenticated with a company. The one that most people use is called Professional Sports Authentication. And I ended up getting this card back. It came back a nine out of 10, which is still pretty good. And that increased the value of the card by a few hundred percent, just getting it authenticated. Just that alone. And I was like, whoa, okay, okay. So then I started to go into YouTube and I started to find a lot of people who were talking about their investments, their collections, and then I fell into the rabbit hole. Of course, still dedicating time to my business and my family, but any downtime I had, 
I wasn't watching videos about memes or anything like that anymore. I was watching videos about the Pokemon market and the industry. And then something really interesting happened. There's a man, his name's Logan Paul. I'm not a huge fan of him at all for some things that he did a few years back, but he did something kind of interesting. In mid-2020, he ended up purchasing a box of cards for over $300,000, and then he ended up creating a really huge event around them, and a lot of Pokemon community got involved, and it created a lot of hype in the space. And then the card prices started going up even more. And I started hearing more and more people getting into the industry. I started getting involved in Reddit and seeing more and more people my age, mid-30s, going, wow, I haven't opened up a pack in 20 years. This is nostalgic. I mean, we could have a whole conversation about emotion and nostalgia and how that sells, but that's not what we're talking about today. But this is where my fandom for Pokemon came into play. And the beauty of this is this is something that I can also do with my kids. So they're buying packs. I'm buying packs. My son's collecting gold cards. That's sort of a special division of cards within the Pokemon space. So anytime I get a gold card, I give it to him, and he's helping me complete my evolution set and all these other things. And again, don't worry if you don't know the words I'm saying related to Pokemon. That's not the important thing here. The important thing here is to understand that I had a niche to create because I'm a creator at heart, and I saw a big gaping hole in the space of Pokemon. Every creator that I saw in the space was doing pretty much the exact same thing. They were opening up cards, they were sharing their investment advice, they were buying mystery boxes, and the quality of all these videos were essentially the same. And I said, you know what? I have some really good equipment here in the, ho- in the house. I can make these cards look amazing. And I don't see anybody really talking about a lot of the lessons that one can be learned from investing in Pokemon cards. It was all about like, oh, get this card because the prices are gonna go up and this this card's coming out on this date, make sure you get in now and and all these kinds of things that were kind of cool. And you know, a lot of people are attracted to the money aspect of this. I did put Deep Pocket Monster in the title, but that's more of a way to bring people in and then keep them in when I teach them life lessons. And that's what I wanted to do on my YouTube channel. In fact, one of my first and most popular videos, which two days after publishing, had seen over 4,000 views. And again, I'm brand new to the space. I'm not pretending to know what I'm doing. I literally tell people up front, I am brand new to this space. And that's the approach I'm taking, very similar to the approach I took on Food Trucker, which I had launched in 2014 and then sold in 2020. I'm not the expert here, but I'm learning as I go and come along with me on this journey. And that's the pitch. And so people are coming along for the ride and I'm sharing the lessons as I go. And that's exactly what I did on Smart Passive Income as well. Well, this video that had seen 4,000 views within about just a few days, and it was titled, This Collector's Mistake Could Have Cost Me Thousands. And of course, I know YouTube. I know to put a great title like that to get people intrigued to click because they don't wanna make the same mistakes either. I also know that a great thumbnail goes a very long way. And so the lessons learned in this video are not just about me buying and opening up packs, which I do, I do do that in my videos, but I tie in these lessons. And in this video, I talk about something that you've heard before, this idea that the riches are in the niches. And I teach a lesson about that. In fact, I bring a lot of my business advice into the space. And the idea being that if you try to collect every single Pokemon card in the world, you're going to either go flat broke or you're just not gonna have that much fun because you're not gonna be able to complete your collection along the way. And in fact, it's gonna be a lot harder for you to even know what to do or where to go or where to buy from or what the right prices are or anything because there's so many sub-niches in this space. There's vintage cards, there's modern cards, there's promo cards, there's error cards, all kinds of things. 
But when you niche your collection, like my son niching his collection to gold cards right now, decisions become a lot easier. FOMO goes out the window. And that's really important because I've seen it here. We've all experienced it. You see somebody who has something and you want it, you get it, even though you might not actually need it. And that happens all the time in the Pokemon space, in the entrepreneurial space, in the camera space, you get all this equipment and then you want it too. And so, for example, my son, he knows that he would much rather spend his $20 commission on gold cards to help him complete his collection versus getting booster packs, which are sealed, and you don't know what's inside. And you can go through hundreds of packs before getting a gold card, but that's hundreds of dollars versus, okay, let's just spend a few on eBay. And and there's, of course, videos that I plan to create on negotiation, on eBay listing, on trading, and so much more stuff right? I'm also telling a lot of stories in the videos as well, something that was missing from the space too. So here's exactly what I did. I did what I teach in my book, Will It Fly? I created a market map to help me understand more about who the players are in the space, who the people are, where the places are that they hang out, and what they're buying and how much it goes for. That's exactly what I teach in my book, Will It Fly? So I did it. Places, okay, there's a bunch of Reddit channels where people are sharing what's hot right now or the investment advice. There's E4, which is another forum that I found. There's a whole mess of Facebook groups. There are some other channels on YouTube and other websites where people hang out. And then in the middle column, I've listed all the people, the people who have already earned the trust with this audience. And they each have their own style, which is really interesting. For example, there's a guy named PokeRev. His name is Nick, but he's known as PokeRev, like Pokemon Revolution. And he sells these really old vintage packs and he opens them up for people who buy them on the stream. And they're really amazing. He's really entertaining. He makes it fun. There's some rock music playing in the background. It's really, really entertaining. He'll have five to 6,000 people watching him live. And I've gotten so involved in that community that guess what? I've become a moderator for some of the live streams and I'm getting into the community. I'm providing value first before asking for anything in return and that's exactly what I did. I even reached out to Nick to offer some help with relation to his packaging, to his videos, to his audio and a really interesting story. Nick is actually somebody who used to listen to the podcast and subscribe to my newsletter. In fact, he still does. But he found me back in 2011, 2012 and he said that I inspired him to create new businesses. He created a lot of things related to Amazon and selling products online and eventually landed on Pokemon and it's now his full-time gig. And he's making bank doing it. In fact, he was on an interview here on the channel pretty recently. You can check that out in the show notes. And there's another guy, his name's S.M. Pratt. He has the most expensive card in Pokemon. It's a million dollar plus card. It's a trophy card. It's an illustrator. It's very, very rare. And it was given out only to like just a few people and he has one and it's graded and it's just awesome. So he's like the trophy card guy. There's another guy named Pokemon Raider who has like a connection to every single person in the space. He also collects trophy cards and really rare, really expensive cards. Then there's a guy named Twice Baked Jake. And he's somebody who talks about the news and his style is very humbling, very sort of just casual. And he tells people what the latest sets are and what you can look forward to and just a little bit of investment advice here and there. I mean, there's all kinds of different people in this space. So when I got in and laid out the map, I told myself, okay, well, hmm, where am I gonna be in this? And already it's happening because I said, I wanna be the guy that tells great stories about these cards as I learn about them, as I do the research. I wanna be the guy that people go to and say, wow, Pat's videos are off the hook. It's like watching cinema, 
but with Pokemon cards. And the beauty is people touch and hold these Pokemon cards. I can get these videos as close to that as possible without people actually touching them, right? And I have this probe lens that I had that I was using for product stuff, and it's, it's pretty cool. So I found my unique advantage, my unique selling proposition, and as we often hear, it's called the unfair advantage. My unfair advantage is I can, I can shoot these videos. Now, that doesn't mean if you're in a niche, you're like, ooh, I have to create really good videos to stand out. No, but I saw that hole, and I've been filling it. So that's what the channel's about. And that's what the content is gonna be about. And I had mentioned a little bit about how I've gotten involved in some of the community. I'm gonna talk about it a little bit later because that's the most important lesson here. The idea of providing value and, and different ways to do that. In fact, I have something fun to share with you related to that very soon. Something new, actually. But this was launched in December 2020. First video came out, already started making noise, right? Which is pretty cool. But you might be like, Pat, okay, how do you even have the time for this? You know, 20% of your time, that might just be like the planning of the videos, setting up the channel, but who's editing these things? Who's doing all the work? I gotta tell you, I hired somebody. I'm just gonna be straight up and honest with you. I hired a person named Dan Patrick Norton. You might remember him if you've ever seen him on the live streams on the income stream in the morning on my YouTube channel or perhaps around FlynnCon or some other events that I've been at. He's been at a lot of meetups that I've held, one in Philadelphia, in fact, at Podcast Movement. He's a great guy. And I reached out to him, he reached out to me. I can't remember who initiated it, but I think he, he offered to edit videos and gave me a really good deal. And that's how I've been getting it done. So I have been investing in this. You know, it is, it is something that is a hobby thing, but I am investing in the documentation of these cards and putting them out there and finding my way through this space. And it's been really neat. It's been really, really neat to start over. You know, I don't quite yet have 4,000 hours of watch time, which is really important if you're trying to monetize your channel. You can't have ads on your stuff or can't create memberships or get super chats from your live streams if you don't have 4,000 hours of watch time. But I do have the required 1,000 subscribers because again, at the time of this recording, 1,300 subscribers. But the cool thing is just the connection with the community, really. And, and, and this is the cool thing about this community. And I think many communities are like this and, and, and you don't really know it. And obviously you can be very timid and scared going into a space. But when you approach it from a serve first attitude, which is exactly what I did, I started commenting on all these videos. I started getting involved in the live streams. I started reaching out individually to these people to see what I could do for them. And never did I ever mention that I was coming out with a channel. It wasn't until many of these people had said, wow, you've been so helpful. What can I do for you? And that's when I drop it. Oh, well, I'm actually creating a Pokemon YouTube channel and they're, and they're, they're so welcoming, right? And I'm not just talking, again, about the people in the Pokemon space. So the big lesson here is that when you start something new, a lot of planning can go a very, very long way. Planning in the sense of creating your market map, understanding who are the players out there and what your position is, right? You don't wanna just copy what everybody else is doing. It's really important to try and bring something unique. And in this case, it was some visuals, it was some storytelling and some of the good old Pat Flynn kind of style entertainment and dad jokes and things like that too. You know, and I think a lot of the older folks who are coming into the space as well, who maybe are a little bit embarrassed or feeling like, well, this is, this is when I was a kid. You know, I, there's a lot of kids still doing a lot of Pokemon related stuff. They see me as a father and as an older sort of generation or generation sort of X kind of person. And um, they're like, oh, I can relate to this guy, right? So a lot of fun, and it's been fun to launch the channel sort of straight away, right? Like literally from scratch, being able to design the things, being able to have fun with it, and just experimenting with a lot of the stuff that I've taken 
in from my experience as an entrepreneur and especially on YouTube and then implementing it from scratch, starting new. And I'm really excited because it's definitely making some noise. Now, I got to say, it is a little bit different to be interviewed. I, like I said earlier, had been interviewed on a few Pokemon channels recently. And it's interesting because they do get into my story and they want to talk about it a little bit. You know, they wonder how I've been able to build my investment so large so quickly or my collection so large so quickly. So I, I do have to talk about my story about getting laid off and how that turned into an entrepreneurial endeavor that has then allowed for freedom and time and freedom with money and how I'm now investing a lot of that money, not just into Tesla and clean energy and those kinds of stocks, but also cardboard with cute little cartoons on them. And it's really interesting because there's a whole market here. I mean, there are, there are YouTube channels that literally go into the analytics of the market and, and what's being sold and for how much today. It's really, really fun and really different. And again, I can bring my kids in on it with me and they're making smart decisions. I can teach life lessons related to investing, trading, negotiation and whatnot just through the medium of Pokemon, which is really neat. So again, the big lesson here, serving first, providing value. And I just wanted to give you some insight. And of course, this is an ongoing experiment. This is what I like to consider a new version of my niche site duel. Right. This was back in 2010. I started a website in a completely different space, something that I didn't have experience with. That was security guard training. And in 73 days, I got it to number one in Google. And ever since then, it's been making one to two thousand dollars a month on autopilot. And I recently sold that business again in early 2020. So same thing with food trucker, starting from scratch, experimenting, iterating on whatever is working, removing what's not, and then honing in on a strategy to generate an income through books and through products that we had sold. And that business had made over six figures, sold it the end of 2019, at the start of 2020 as well. Who knows where this is gonna go though? Because it really is feeling like a fun side project that I could work on and bring some of my Pat Flynn entrepreneurial flavor into. And I've been making noise in this space in a way that is is really, it's just, it again shows me and, and hopefully it shows you that you can come into a space new and still be able to provide value because honestly, the channel growing is just a result of that. It's not because I'm spending money on large amounts of Pokemon cards. It's not because I have the most fancy camera equipment. I was asked, what can I do to help you or what people could do to help me before the channel was even a thing? It all comes from providing value first. So if you want to check out this channel, maybe you have some kids or maybe you yourself are into Pokemon, you can check it out, Deep Pocket Monster on YouTube. You could see me in a different stage, if you will, and you can see how much fun we're having with the videos and the editing and some of the fun jokes and whatnot over there. It's been really fun. It's been really neat. And I've been learning a ton of new stuff. You're never too old to learn new stuff, you know. But I do want to talk about this thing about value. And here's what's going to happen. This is brand new. We're trying something out new here. But starting this week, Starting this week, we're going to start coming out with a second episode during the week. So now you will have two episodes of the Smart Passive Income podcast every week. The second episode of the week, which will come out on Fridays, will always be a solo episode with me, or most likely always be with me. It's going to be much shorter, and we're going to deep dive on a topic specific from the episode earlier that week. So let's say, for example, I bring, I don't know, Amy Porterfield onto the podcast and we talk about Facebook ads, right? And of course, I wanna be sensitive to the fact that this is our opportunity to chat with Amy and bring her knowledge to the show. So I'm not gonna talk a whole bunch. I'm gonna ask questions and learn. 
But then on Friday, you're gonna hear from me about Facebook ads and my own experience with it and some stories that I have to share to go deeper and some lessons pulled from the conversation with Amy. So this week, we're gonna try that for the first time. So in episode 264, you're gonna hear me this coming Friday or the next episode after this, talk about what it means to be providing value to others who are in a space that you wanna get into. How might you attract an influencer, a leader, an authority in a space in a way that you can do it without feeling needy, without feeling desperate, without coming across that way, and doing it in a genuine way where you can get people interested back in return. And so we're gonna go deep into that. I'm gonna give you more specifics on exactly what I did to provide value to some of these creators that then allowed them to wanna help me too. And that's what I absolutely love. I mean, it even got to the point where I, I, I saw this later, and this is the, the interesting thing. I saw some people in the comment section of videos that I was on for a podcast. One of them said something like, man, I saw this guy everywhere. And it was almost kind of getting annoying because he seemed to be everywhere and I wasn't sure if he was actually genuine. But now that I hear him on the podcast, I can totally see that he was always coming from a place of service. And I absolutely love that comment because number one, I was showing up and the fact of the matter is people were even seeing me doing it. And number two, the fact that they learned that I'm providing value and that all this initial success I have with the channel is well-deserved is is very great. I, I absolutely love that. And that's the approach I want you to take too. So even if you're not starting out, there's always ways that you can reach out to others, colleagues, friends, partners, and help them first. And again, Make sure you subscribe if you haven't already so you don't miss the second episode of the week where we're gonna talk about specifically providing value to people in the space that you're in because as a byproduct of that, you might get something back in return. Now, we don't do it specifically to get something back in return. I don't want you to approach it like, ooh, there's a person. I want to help them so that they will help me do this. That is the byproduct but you have to truly wanna help make that person's life easier, better, more convenient. And examples in specific ways that I've done that coming soon. I hope you enjoy this sort of double show format. It, it allows us to stay in you know, closer contact with each other. It allows me to go deeper, especially after interview episodes. And I'm really excited. I'm really excited for that. So make sure to check that out. Thanks again for being here. And for those of you who are subscribed, I appreciate that so much. And all the reviews that have been coming in already this year, I keep track of them all and they make me happy. So thank you, thank you, thank you. And I'm looking forward to uh, chatting with you later this week about providing value so that you can take some specific strategies that I teach you and actually implement it right away, even within the next week. So make sure you subscribe once again. Thanks so much for coming in. I appreciate you. And as always, Team Flynn for the win. Peace. Thanks for listening to the Smart Passive Income Podcast at www.smartpassiveincome.com. There are so many people out there claiming to have everything figured out and they seem to have a hack, right, for everything. It's hard to know what information is reliable and offers true value and I'm sure many of us found this out the hard way. At SPI, we've been working for over 10 years to produce quality content and build trust with our audience. And in that time, we've turned our blog into a hub of helpful articles and guides that have helped tens of thousands of people improve themselves and build stronger businesses. On the blog, you're gonna find helpful free content around essential business topics designed to help you grow. There's plenty of interviews with thought leaders and successful entrepreneurs who are there to help you, as well as tips for quick wins that you can apply right away. And one of my favorite additions, success stories of real business owners to help inspire and educate you, plus a ton more, really. 
So don't waste time scouring the internet for helpful online business content. We've got you covered. Just head on over to smartpassiveincome.com slash blog and browse our library of free articles and posts. Again, that's smartpassiveincome.com slash blog. So we're trying something new with the SPA podcast that we've been working on for a while now, and I'm so excited to tell you about it. We partnered with our friends at Supercast and just launched a new podcast experience called the SPA Podcast Premium Pass. And now you can sign up for it today. The SPI Podcast Premium Pass is a paid subscription that gives you all the content you know and trust and also gives you perks that we've never offered before. You'll get access to all SPI Podcast episodes a day before they're published anywhere else. And you're also gonna get them completely ad-free. And soon we're gonna start publishing new weekly content that will only be available to subscribers, all for only $5 a month. It only takes a few minutes to set up the SPI Podcast Premium Pass and start listening with your favorite podcast player. Membership is super flexible with no commitment required, so you're in full control of your subscription at all times, and it's a subscription that you can feel good about. By subscribing to the Premium Pass, you'll be supporting the SPI team, which allows us to continue to produce valuable content, including new podcasts for you. We're so excited to be offering the subscription, and we hope that you'll join us. Sign up for the SPI Podcast Premium Pass today at smartpassiveincome.com slash premium. Again, that's smartpassiveincome.com slash premium. Hope to see you on the Premium Pass. Introducing Peacock, the new free streaming service from NBC Universal. It's hit movies, current shows, live sports, trending bits, and timeless hits. And that's why you can't not watch. Peacock, watch for free, upgrade for more. Stream now at PeacockTV.com. Law and Order SVU streaming now. All right, here we go. You guys ready? Yes. All right, episode 19 is upon us. Put them in the middle. Three, two, one. Light them up. And you were meant to be here tonight. This is your time. Their time? It's over. This is your time. Now go out there and take it. Well, well, well. So we meet again. This is episode 19 of Uncle Ted's Shed. And you know the deal. If it's a Friday night, you want to be hanging out inside Uncle Ted's Shed. Welcome to a brand new podcast show that everybody seems to be jumping on board for. If you want to reach out to us, you always can. Email us at UncleTedCigarShed at gmail.com. Or you can follow us on Instagram at Uncle Ted's Shed. Or, of course, tweet us at Uncle Ted's Shed as well. My name, I'm Greg T. What's happening? hot stuff. Thanks for hanging out with us tonight. In front of me, I got my one, me only, my compadre. We got GK Money in the house. Yeah, hello America. And of course, we could not make this podcast possible without the one, the only, my true uncle, the man who's got the name on the show. It is Uncle Ted, chairman of the board. And that is how we begin episode 19 like we do every single episode. Thank you very much for hanging out with us, guys. Again, reach out to us. Email us because we always answer the emails on tonight's show. Here's what's coming up. Tonight, we go inside, of course, the Uncle Ted Cigar Lounge. We're going to talk about some new cigars that we're all trying. Also, we've got a guest on the show from the hit TV show, My Feet Are Killing Me. There you go. Thank you very much from the TLC from the TLC show, My Feet Are Killing Me. It is Dr. Brad will be stopping by. We will announce the winner of uh, our contest that we ran a couple of weeks ago. We're giving away an amazing gift. What happened? Did I win? Well, we got a grand package from Ashton Cigars. Yes, we do. It's uh, It consists of cocktail glasses. They call them rock glasses. A beautiful uh, La Caroma de Cuba ashtray. It's a That's beautiful right. oval mm. glass ashtray. Yep. As well as a uh, 
La Caroma La Armor Baba. What did he just say? I don't know. Some gibberish. I can't understand him. Yeah, we got to, you know what, let me tell you something. I'm glad you just stumbled on those words. For a couple of weeks, we've been talking about getting somebody in there that can really tell us how to pronounce some of these, you know, Latin words. And I, I said, we, you even keep reminding Rosetta me, Rosetta Stone. Rosetta Stone. Of course. Rosetta Stone. We got to get Rosetta Stone or here. Or Carolina. Or Carolina Bermudez. Yeah, Where is Carolina Bermudez when you need her, right? right. We need her to help us right. out. Let's call her. Nowhere to be found. We got to get Carolina Bermudez on the yes. show with us to help us out as well. That'll be a lot of fun. So the third gift is the La yes. Roma de Cuba right. humidor. It's a beautiful humidor. Yeah. Uh, we ran a cool contest, and the contest was you were able to look inside the actual shed that we broadcast from, and we put something out that was a little bit peculiar, and one person had those eagle eyes that? and spotted that thing that was peculiar. There, there, look. What is that? What is that? Also, we got a great topic tonight. The topic is... Illegal dumping. Illegal dumping. Not, Uncle not in your toilet bowl either. That's right, GK. Not Because no, T will... Hone in on that and do illegal dumping or legal dumping in his toilet bowl. I will show up to your house, and when you're not looking, I will do an illegal dump, and I will walk away without flushing. That's yeah. not what we're talking about, though, tonight. Correct. We're talking about really illegal dumping. So Uncle Ted's got a big uh, issue with somebody, so he's going to mention that. We're going to go inside the comedy club. We have another today in history. You know, it's so funny because we call it today in history, but it's really a week in history. Correct. A so, week in history, yep. The way we, we used to start off the show, we kind of forgot and we got away with it, but we'd always go around the uh, shed here and pick out a fun movie, whether it's action-packed or whether it's a comedy, but you know what? We pick out a movie that's a guy movie, something that you're mm-hmm. sitting there with your girlfriend and she goes, I don't want to watch that. Well, that's what we watch inside Uncle Ted's shed. So tonight's movie is, guys, Beverly Hills Cop. Beverly Hills Cop. Let's do it. Eddie Murphy is a Detroit cop. So we just hit start. I paid $3.99 to rent this sucker. We have six witnesses that say you broke in and started tearing up the place, then jumped out the window. Uh, we definitely could use a sponsor on board, so I wouldn't have to worry about, uh, you know, uh, renting it. How you doing? Look, this song? Eddie Murphy, Beverly Hills Cop. Imagine our kids watched it. They'd be right. like, what, is, what are you guys watching? You guys are weird. <laughs> Look at that Pontiac. Right? Yeah. That is something else. All right, guys, so that's what we're doing. So tonight's movie, Inside Uncle Ted's Shed, is Beverly Hills Cop 1 from 1984. Look at the way the guy's dressed. That's great. Look at the way they look on TV. He's all pimped out. Oh, yeah. Dude, this movie is so old, but a classic movie at that. So we'll do that. All right, guys, so without any further ado, let's head right on into it. And let's jump into tonight's Cigar Lounge. Hey, you know what? I think we're going to start it off with you, uh, T. What are you smoking? Why me? Yeah, no, you go first. You always surprise us with what you're smoking. Ladies and gentlemen, I am smoking... A Liga. Tonight's Liga is brought to you by Greg T, who loves Liga so much. Tonight's Liga is a Liga number nine. Wow. Not not a 52. Not a 52. He graduated. Listen, it is what it is. I I mean, again, I cannot cannot say it enough to you guys that I love my Ligas. So look, I, I think it was an earlier episode that I said, if I'm able to come out and have a cigar once a week, then you know what? I'm going to treat myself to a good cigar, and my good cigar is Liga. Smoke whatever makes you happy. Happy. Yeah. Smoke what you think happy. our listeners would make you happy. Would this, make them happy. The Liga makes me happy. It really does. We don't it's, want you grumpy. <laughs> right. Listen, it's it's a good cigar. It's a rich cigar. Maybe if I have a cigar during the week, I can have like a something different. And I'll let you know what I thought a about smaller it. Smaller cigar. Oh, okay. yeah. It burns 20, 25 minutes. That's what I'm exactly. Okay. But if I'm gonna come here on a Friday night, you want it. I'm gonna have my cigar, my, my gotcha. Liga. So Beautiful. why don't we do that going forward? If I have one like on a Tuesday night it's out of nowhere and it's a little one, I will jot down a couple of notes. About the cigar that I had, and I'll bring it to the uh, podcast on Friday. Don't do us any favors, Kanish. Perfect. That's perfect. perfect. While like I it. smoke my Liga. Very yep. good. 
So, uh, <laughs> GK, we're going to go right to you. What do you there smoking? We go. You know what? I'm becoming like Greg T. Oh. I'm, I'm, I'm going to change, though, but I am smoking <laughs> the Acid Blondie cigar. It's a smaller cigar. It's just a great taste, but I am going to start moving on from that. Yeah, that's a Jewish <laughs> because, state cigar. Yeah, because I don't want you labeling me, Uncle Ted, like uh, your nephew. Yeah. But you why know? do you think that's happening, Uncle Ted? For real, you've done a lot of research in cigars. Why do you think a man gravitates to the same cigar? I think for you, it's like your first love. There's a lot of fish in the sea. It's always darkest before. There's a lot of cigars out in the sea, mm-hmm. but you've locked in on one. That's right. I'm in love a with this A lot one. of women out in the sea, yeah, right. but you locked into one. You know, it's like a pizza place. You right. go back to the same pizza place because you like it, right? And you go. enjoy it. You look forward to on a Friday night, That's your right. pizza place, whatever it may be. Right. That's right. It brings you enjoyment. Pizza, whatever. Right. It brings you enjoyment. You feel comfortable with it. Right. And, and you know it's not going to let you down. You feel like you're at home. Right. Correct. It's comfort for me. I'm more refined now. But sometimes oh. the excitement does come. It, it, it comes inside with uh, my whiskey. If I try a different whiskey. Like what, this. what are you drinking tonight? Okay. Very good. So tonight I'm drinking Angel's Envy tonight. It's a little less expensive than what I used to drink, the Glenfiddich 21. What we used to drink. What we used to drink, right? Because I can't afford that all the time. So I have an Angel's Envy tonight, and I really enjoy it. I think Angel's Envy, it's priced at around $50, and uh, it's 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 not a bad buy, and I think it's really delicious. I like that when you pour it out, there's actual angel's wings on the back side of the bottle. So as you drink it, you actually see these angel wings come alive. I think it's very cool. I like the way they designed the, the bottle. So well, you know, now, T, are you turning to religion to save you? Oh my God, no, you're talking to the wrong you're guy. you're a sinner. I am a sinner. I know. Matter, of fact, matter of fact, it's Lent season if you're Catholic. It's Lent season leading up to Easter. How much meat did you eat today? I had a burger at McDonald's with oh. bacon. I have sinned against you, my Lord. Oh, Jesus. And I've even had and some it, prosciutto on my uh, pizza and a, today. Listen, and a Diet Coke. And a Diet Coke. And I would ask that your precious blood would wash and cleanse every stain. Yeah, right. So you have a double cheese, double quarter pounder with cheese and a Diet Coke. And a large fry. And a large fry. I yell at people at the drive-thru when they order it. Yeah, with the you Diet Coke. fat bastard. Why don't you order a regular Coke? You know, you're right. I don't know why I get a Diet Coke. Why I'm do people get that? You. No, you're right. Though. But you're, why do people get Diet Cokes when they're right. going to, you know, you're going to eat fat. So why are you getting a Diet Coke? So I asked a friend of mine yeah. who's been drinking Diet Cokes for yeah. 40 years. Yeah. He says when he goes to a regular Coke. Right. Even though he used to enjoy it, but now it's like too Too syrup. sugary. Too, yes. Yeah, too syrupy. Oh, so. That is what it is for me. For With a Diet Coke, I don't, I get less of that syrup, less of that sugar flavor. You know what? I started trying because I go to therapy and on my way to therapy is Wendy's. Yeah. Oh. The Wendy's breakfast is phenomenal. Really? They're real eggs. They're not battered. And I get like the uh, bacon, egg, and cheese biscuit. Delicious. Really? Blows, blows, McDonald's away. Wow. And you know, Wendy's... Blows them away. They never used to sell uh, breakfast. No, this no, is no. new. But any the bacon, egg, and cheese croissant with Swiss cheese, delicious. Really? Wow. Delicious. I never thought I'd say that, but Wendy's breakfast is by far the best. Sir, listen to what you're saying. You know, I wonder, though, which is the best fast food breakfast there is. Because didn't you say a couple weeks ago to me that was Chick-fil-A? They have some kind of great breakfast? Great 
a hash brown bowl with chicken and eggs. Right. Delicious. I did not know that. You know, I really appreciate you guys asking me what I'm smoking. Well, I'm so sorry, Uncle Ted. Where are our manners, GK? I mean, come on now. You should your buddy. He's been been speaking so much. We (laughs) don't know. know. Go ahead, Uncle Ted. I'm sorry. Well, I'm having a La Roma de Cuba. Handmade, medium to full-bodied cigar. Haven't you had that cigar before? Well, yeah. It's becoming... this is becoming my go-to cigar. I really enjoy it. So how? Why rank on me well, in because GK of, money? But you yourself are smoking the same cigar. Well, well, that's true. Uh, and yeah, well, because same. I bought yeah. ten of them. That's why. So I have to <laughs> <laughs> buy, buy five, get five free. <laughs> Chairman of the board. All right. And Uncle Ted, what about the infused? We, you're blowing over that. Did, yeah. Did, did you smoke them all? Yeah. What be honest. Else? Come on. Yeah, be honest. Wait. We're, we're waiting for a sponsor so we can talk about it during our podcast. Oh, oh. Now we're waiting for a sponsor. Well, you can go get anybody to sponsor. All right. So, ladies and gentlemen, we are looking for somebody, an alcohol company, to sponsor our infusion of cigars. And we're going to taste it and smoke it with their uh, their alcohol infused. I, I love that idea. All right. all right. So, on that note, we exit the uh, Uncle Ted Cigar Lounge. Hey, listen, guys, if you guys want to reach out to us, you can always email us at Uncle Ted Cigar Shed at gmail.com. Instagram us uh, on Uncle Ted Shed and uh, also tweet us at Uncle Ted's Shed as well. But tonight, before we move on any further, we do have a guest on with us tonight. So we invite into the Uncle Ted Cigar I Lounge like, the like. one, the only from I the like, hit I TV like. show on TLC I from like, My like. Feet Are Killing Me. Ladies I and like, gentlemen, I like. and I mean ladies because you, you seem to be throwing yourselves at this man it is dr brad from the network that brought you dr pimple popper comes a new series all about feet you really don't realize how much value your feet have until they become painful 75 percent of americans will experience some type of foot ailment in their lifetime so dr brad before we really dive into the thick of everything why don't you give my uncle ted and gk money a little bit of a, a background of like how does a guy go from being a normal teenage kid and all of a sudden you're going to college then all of a sudden you're a doctor and now all of a sudden you're on TV. Yeah, so I'm from a small town in uh, Pennsylvania. It's called Pottstown, Pennsylvania. Mm-hmm. I grew up very modestly. Uh, my dad was a lineman, so basically, you know, he climbed the electrical poles, took care of things when it was in a storm, when we had power outages. God bless uh, the unions. My, <laughs> oh my gosh, my dad, my dad killed it. I got my whole work ethic you know, from him. My mom, she was a stay-at-home mom, and she just hustled, too. You know, I basically grew up my whole life knowing, you know, what hard work was and wound up going to a small school in Florida to play baseball. Um, Once I got out of that, I didn't know where I was going to go. I knew I always wanted to be in medicine, but I'm a Northeast guy, you know, at heart, and uh, I knew that Temple... I uh, had a really good podiatry program. And from playing all these sports, I always had ankle and foot issues. So I always had to get right back up the, you know, on the horse again. And there were many times where I wanted to stop. How do you get a gig on, on TLC? Yeah, because it that, sounds like a lot that, of fun. All yeah. of a sudden, you're a doctor, and then you're on TV. GK yeah. Money, don't you want to get on TV like tomorrow? I, I would love that. Yeah, but then uh, you just, what, click your heels, and all of a sudden, you're on TV. Hit the gym, flex some muscles, and smile a little bit. That's <laughs> T- it. T- T's been doing that for 30 years. He's still at making it on TV. But ha- yeah. ha- how'd you make it, Dr. Brad? So once I did the whole Instagram thing and you know started gaining some followers, this guy, Eugene Young, from Renegade Productions, California, just randomly hit me up. Hey, would you like to film a pilot about podiatry? Mm-hmm. And this was this was right on the heels of Dr. Pimple Popper, right? Oh, God. So, I, yeah. And I guess everyone was kind of just looking at, like, what's the next thing? Like, feet, 
um, you know, whatever, boobs. Boobs would be you know, nice. <laughs> you, I said yes, and I, I thought I would never hear from this guy again because I didn't think feet would resonate, you know, like they do. But people have an issue and a thing with feet. Well, let's see. Dr. Brad, in a show of hands here in the shed, uh, who who here likes feet? Anybody? I like my feet to get, yeah, to get me where I go. <laughs> That's right. Yeah. Is it, do you, like, do you feet. like your feet or do you like feet in general? If you no. see people the way they wear like those oh. sandals and stuff, and, no. oh, it's gross. <laughs> All right, so go ahead, Dr. Brad. Continue. Go ahead. But, yeah, um, yeah after, after that, the, the pilot was filmed, and we hit the ground running. They, they came out with some really interesting cases that some I've never seen before. Some are the most extreme. Some almost made you cry. And this show really shows the behind the scenes. And I'm telling you, man, it's, it's really it's really interesting. So how do you select the patients that you perform? Is it TLC selecting them or are you? Yeah, yeah. Re- uh, Renegade Productions has, has a team that casts. It's like a casting call. Um, and people hit, hit them up to be on the show. Uh, I have a lot of patients that come into my office, you know, now knowing, you know, what the show is. Well, you know, G- GK, GK Money is raising his hand right now. And it's, I, GK, you have a foot problem? Not not yet. Well, yeah, you, but, you got, yeah, what do you have? Come on. Uh, come so on, show ha- them. Show those tootsies. Oh, boy. Oh, you don't want to see these dogs. Uh, so yeah. how has uh, being on the, on the show changed your business? In New Jersey, you know, right around where you guys have Scattaway in Hillsboro, I work at a practice called Family Foot and Ankle Specialist. And, you know, we were busy before and it really grew since the show. It's been a, it's been a true blessing. I mean, you know, so much so that I'm going to be opening up a practice in New York City, uh, which I'm super pumped about. That is the first time I'm even speaking about this to anybody. Have yeah, Greg Dave. G be the first patient and we could film it. What exactly. about a road trip yeah, to New York and Dr. Yes. Brad? We could all put our feet out and no. Dr. Brad uh, Dr. And we Brad could... you gotta have us Uncle Ted Shed we gotta come in there and yes. show you our feet I got bunions I got bunions bro you're invited or I got a new episode surgery at Uncle Ted Shed ooh can you do it here <laughs> can you do it here oh my god oh yeah Man, I don't, I don't know legally if that would work out, but you know, we, we'll, we'll envision it. We'd have to go to his office, and then we'll set up the whole waiting room, Uncle yeah. Ted's shed. You know, I got some limb pruners in my shed. and uh... <laughs> At Community Coffee, we've been making great-tasting coffee for over 100 years. But what makes us different isn't just how long we've been around. It's how far we're willing to go in pursuit of the perfect cup. We select only the finest beans and use over four generations of family roasting experience to give you the richest, most delicious coffee around. Find Community Coffee at your local grocery store or visit communitycoffee.com to order some today. Whatever you're funny, Peacock's got it exclusively. Bears beats The Office on Peacock. Stream every moment from Dunder Mifflin and explore bonus extras and exclusives. Plus, if you're looking for more classic hits, you can stream every episode of Parks and Recreation, Two and a Half Men, and every season of SNL. In the mood for something brand new? Check out Peacock's original comedies, The Amber Ruffin Show, and Saved by the Bell. Whether you're craving a new binge or familiar fave, you can find tons of comedy hits on Peacock. Get started for free at PeacockTV.com. What are those nail clippers? Oh, no, those are hedge trimmers. You can can do my bunions like that, man. Hey, I have a question about bunions, for for real. My question about bunions is this. So it's hereditary on my mother's side, right? Everybody's had them, but nobody got them fixed. But now it is absolutely killing me, right? It really hurts. Like, to put my foot inside boots, it hurts. So would you be able to fix bunions? That's one of the main things that we do. You know, anything from bunions to hammer toes to ankle fractures or Achilles rupture. 
characters. And you're yeah. gonna you're gonna look at them and diagnose them, uh-huh. and would, we okay. are going to comment. Yes. Me and Uncle Ted, and that yes. is going to yeah. be a phenomenal show. We'll do Instagram live and everything, right? We'll go live from from his office. Right. Show him my bunions, yeah. dude. That's a we'll hit. do a diagnosis. We'll do diagnosis. We're, that, we got to do it. I'm and you know what? Doctor Brad, you got to get gonna knock, We're gonna knock you out. We're yeah. gonna knock you out and take the bunion off. Dude, we gotta Let's do it. Do it. Dr. Dr. Right, Brad, yeah. you gotta give me and Uncle Ted the the, the we scrubs and everything. That's no gonna kidding. be a great, great show. For real, we gotta figure that yeah. out how we can make that done. I don't know who we gotta talk to, Dr. Brad. producers, who we gotta work this out with. Let's but this would be You're great right. to do the live thing <laughs> yeah. and we do our show, we do our yes. podcast. Yes, as he's sur- doing surgery on my bunions. Yes, let's oh, do it. Love it. it. Oh, we gotta do it. I would love to fix your bunions. Oh boy. Hey Doc, Doc, I got a question for you. What's the most complicated surgery you had? to perform good question uh yeah great question uh in residency um i had a patient that had an infection of the skin and when i tell you it was it was a it was a flesh-eating bacteria called necrotizing fasciitis and oh my god guys i've never seen anything like it you could literally put your your hand and arm through the first layer of the skin Mm. because it eats away at that dead layer. So you need to get that all off. And when I tell you, like, I almost had my hand up to my elbow in there trying to free up. I'm going to throw up some Mm. of the area. Who is this man? It was so mind-blowing. I felt so bad for the lady. Wow. Woo! Man, it probably kills me. Oh, that is disgusting. My question, uh, Dr. Brad, is, you know, when somebody comes in to see you and they're like that, don't you wonder, like, at which point did they say, I should go get this fixed? I mean, they, they had to see right. this coming. This yeah. wasn't like they yeah. woke up one morning You're and all right. of a sudden their feet were falling off with skin function. That's disgusting. Fear, embarrassment shame and you know with and i i always say this too it's like you can you can put a sock and a shoe on and the world thinks you're cool you know once you take your socks and shoes off you know you you could literally open up pandora's box and since it's one part of our body that's able to be covered up by multiple layers People just set it and forget it. What was that like? A, That's a George. What was that like a cooking yeah. commercial? Set it and forget it. Yeah, yeah. right, right. Yeah. Okay. <laughs> so you're with me there. Nice. I love that. That's great. You know, it's probably not a surprise to you, but you know, your show is shocking to watch. Have have you? Oh yeah. <laughs> have, totally. you, have you even seen things that are even shocking for you as a doctor? Mm-hmm. So season two, episode one. I never saw tree man syndrome before. The what? The what? And if anybody wants to look that up, what is that, Doctor Brad? Season two, the tree man syndrome. There was one case in Indonesia. Do you guys have computers in the shed? Yeah, we do. Yeah, yeah. All right, look it up. Tree man syndrome. The 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 what? Tree man. I got syndrome. It. I got show it. me, show yeah. me, show me, show me. Look, look at these guys with their with these are fingers. No freaking way, dude. Yeah, look. No way, way. Yeah. yeah. What? Look at this. Shut up. Holy! Listen, right now you guys listen great. to our podcast. That's right now crazy. we got Doctor Brad on with us from uh, my my feet are killing me from the uh, TLC network, That's and crazy. we are looking something right now on my uncle's Google. It's called Tree Man Syndrome, and it's hard for us to explain. Looks like on every part of the body that. Can oh happen, my God! Right? You, we are gonna, well, we're going to post some hands, pictures on here feet, on Instagram, but you got to see this. Wow! This is unbelievable. I have wow. never. That's a real. Those are real fingers, bro. Yeah. So, Doc, yeah. what, what do you yeah. do when you yeah, encounter what do you do with this? That? It's a great question, right? You only go into medical school reading about this, and you know, 
your books and you take tests on it and then it's like, oh, you're really, it's so rare you never see it. That's something that I remember reading. I'm like, I'll probably never see that. It's like one in, you know, well, once well, in a lifetime. Well, you said the guy was from Indonesia, so you probably don't see it too much in the U.S., right? Well, I, I don't know geographically where it would be more common, but that guy, if you're pulling up the one that I think about was from Indonesia. Yeah. And uh, the, the guy that um, Dr. Ebony treated, right? Uh, what was really amazing about the story is he was so, uh, you know, cool, humble. Um, he had a girlfriend that just loved him endlessly. Oh my you know, God. although he had that issue, she still loved him. And when he, when he was in surgery, you know, you could really see the emotion and love that these two right. had for each other. So, right. you know, it's just, it, it was inspiring for me because just seeing this guy go through this, wasn't letting it get him down, still had a girlfriend. They had that love and that bond that most of us, you know, sometimes look our whole lives for. Behold me. I'm yours, lovey-dovey. But he says you know, that's so, treatable. He said that's treatable. Wow. I mean, and, Dr. Brad, we're looking at these pictures right now, yeah. and you can hear it in my voice. I am really humbled just by looking at the pictures, yeah, and you're sure. saying that's treatable. There's no way. So, we, we need to count so our blessings every day, right? Wow. So, buddy, it's manageable. It's only manageable. Oh, manageable. So that wow. it's manageable. That's something that will you know continue to come back, but uh, from what we know, it can be managed. Um, not cured. I've got nothing left to say. Nothing left to say. Yeah, no, it's, there's, there's a lot of stuff, man. You have fungus, you know, and toenail fungus that li- literally is almost like Guinness Book or World Record style where they kind of roll out. You know, there's corns on people's feet where, you know, it's almost like they're walking on rocks. Right. Um, you, there's a guy coming up later that the whole bottom of his foot looks like, you know, the bottom of a boat um, with barnacles and stuff. Wow, that is something. <laughs> That's something. They've really found a lot of patients that are in dire need of help. And finally, I think these patients are realizing that there's an outlet. And to them, it's the show. And then, you know, we can treat them there. So you got two successful seasons on TLC there under your belt of uh, My Feet Are Killing Me. And now you made the move to New York City with your own practice. Congratulations. That's got to be freaking awesome. And you're in New York City, right? Yeah, dude. Congratulations. That's great. Thank you. I'm, I'm. so humbled by it. So does TLC now? Are they following you? Like, what? what is the next step for, for this for you with the, with the show? How does that work? Still at Family Foot and Angle Specialist in New Jersey. Right. Uh, it's going to take a while for this to open up. You know, we're going to build it out a little bit. Um, so I should be starting there in the next couple months. It's called Soul Podiatry. It's on 85th Street, uh, right off of Central Park West. So there's a lot of opportunity there. Hopefully I can grow and, you know, that that become my future. You know, as far as TLC, you know, we're going to continue to film. We really want to keep this rolling because, I mean, I truly believe in this show and how amazing it is and life-changing. And I would love to have them in New York City and filming patients there and, you know, really showcasing what we can do. And if they want to follow me on my journey from New Jersey to New York City, by all means, that's I never thought in my wildest dreams that I would be working in New York City. Where can the audience uh, follow you on Instagram right now? If they want to catch up more about you, where can they see you? Sure. You can follow me at uh, at doctor and doctors spelled out dot Bradley. Gotcha. How can patients reach out to you for a consultation? Call our office. You know, some people think I'm booked up you know, well in advance. We're still taking new patients today. Yeah, family foot and ankle specialist in Piscataway and Hillsborough. That's where I'm at right now. And very soon I'll be uh, Central Park West, 85th Street, New York City, Soul Podiatry, NYC. That's going to be um, my new life. And I'll be working, you know, both ways. So New York and New Jersey for, for a long time. And hopefully I can continue that and, uh, you know, hook up both states. There. Hey, Doc, yeah. I got to tell you, it, it must give you a great sense of satisfaction to be able to diagnose and treat a problem for a patient 
person who's been suffering maybe maybe sometimes for years. You know, you improve the quality of their lives and make a difference in their world. Oh you know, one God. person at a time. He always sounds so professional, right, GK? Man, and, like, and, he outshines and, us. He really does. He and me and you, us. that's why we keep him in the middle. Right, right. here we chairman. are asking stupid questions. He's got, like, this beautiful... Yeah, like, dating, oh, and you got any uh, right. toe cheese and, and like, everything and else. And the way he talks well, to him, he's just so good. Well, right. I don't mean to cut well, you off. Well, 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 yeah. well Doc, yeah, great oh. satisfaction. You kill out of I'm in my final sentence, I think. He's so mature. He's so mature when he talks to the guests. He's too mature. I know. So anyway, I think you're making a difference. It'll make a lasting impression in their world. So, you know, thanks for being on our show, Doc. You were, oh, you're tremendous. Hey, I, 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 I appreciate it. I know your boys are dogging you right now, but I appreciated that, Uncle that Ted, closing love right there. There's, that, no, there's a lot of love. Thank there. you. Uncle thank Ted, you. Dr. Brad just texted me privately and said there's no copay. <laughs> yes. So stop it. He said there's no copay if you got to get in and take care of that ingrown toenail or toe cheese. <laughs> Oh yeah, what insurance? Yeah. What insurance do you take? See, here we go. I knew it. I knew it. Uh, Doctor Brad, we won't we'll get, give me your address. We'll get, we'll get you guys. We'll get you guys on there pro bono for pro bono moving forward. That that would be a funny show. That is. That great. would be a real funny show. That's up to you, Doctor Brad. You make it happen. Yeah, Jersey strong, right? You yeah, got it. You got it. You got it. I'll tell you what. I I will definitely pitch it immediately yeah. when I get off the phone because I would I would love to have you on. Like I said, guy. I said to you the last time, man, going to Temple yep. every, every day, driving that grind 76. I listened to Elvis Strand in the morning show. Mm-hmm. You guys were absolutely, you know, a pleasure to listen to. Had me in stitches going to, you know, school every day. And, you know, that was hard to do in the morning. So I appreciated that. Well, thanks. So man. having be, being on the show right now is, is really humbling. When I was, when I met you last year, you know, before everything shut down, yeah. it was it was really cool, man. You're a good you're a good dude. Greg also has another problem that he he's bashful to talk about. But like what? Like you know the foot and mouth disease that you have. I don't you know. He sticks his foot in his mouth. He got rid of that last week. <laughs> I do not. That's a what thing. And yes, <laughs> foot and mouth disease. <laughs> can uh, can T come to you for that too, or do we got to go to the <laughs> ENT? No. <laughs> no. Oh man, I need. We need, might need to get in some crazy antibiotics for that. I don't think Greg's is terrible. No, no, it's not. All right, Dr. Brad, yeah. thank you very much, guys. It is uh, My Feet Are Killing Me on TLC. They are going into their... We're in the second season. The second season is airing right now. We have five <laughs> more episodes than that, and I thought we were doing your bunions. Oh, yeah. Oh, yeah right. he, he gets that's sidetracked. A, that's the next one. Right. You're right. Next, a- we're doing bunions. ADHD kicked yeah. in, and he didn't know that we're going to the city in your waiting room and doing a show. Uh-huh. Hey, hey, Doc, Sorry. Not, not only does he, does he have foot and mouth, he also has got head up ass disease too (laughs) yeah thank you dr brad thank you very much bro i appreciate it thanks dr brad all right that was pretty awesome i i I gotta tell you man dr brad he seems like a guy we can all chill out with and like go to a bar with right absolutely yeah i mean really i I think next time we gotta have him i think i don't think it's too far-fetched to think if we invite him to actually hang out in the shed that he would be here i I think he he definitely would be here i think absolutely I think he's like a friend. Yeah, I agree. I agree. Absolutely. So, yep. Dr. Brad, thank you very much for being a part of uh, Uncle Ted's Shed uh, this Friday night. We really did like it. All right. GK Money, are you ready? I am ready, T. You are up. Today in history. Take it away. I am not letting you guys down. February 26, 2021, episode 19. February 23rd. 1954, the polio vaccine started in the United States. I thought that was a great 
uh, topic being everything with COVID and everything else. And I know uh, Uncle Ted got his shots and he was right. laid up for a couple of days. Right. And he's recovering. I well. think that's very valid, Uncle Ted. I know right. that we, we I know that we've said to GK Money, we'd like to do some things that are much more current when we right. talk about it. Right. But I think that he's right. I think that if this is, I'm, listen, I, you're the commissioner, no, the chairman of the board. So I'm, but I'm going to say that I will allow this to go through. And, and I think it's a good one to bring up because it ties into COVID. What do you have? Any thoughts? Well, I think it's a great topic. Plus, uh-huh. I want to add a little history to that that yes. many people don't know about. Oh, tell Let's us. Hear it. So in that year, Dr. Salk was the one who came up with the polio vaccine. Yep. Right? You're right. You're right. So at that time, he also, Dr. Salk promised yeah. and made a commitment that a million children would be vaccinated with the polio vaccine. But what was not available at that time were syringes to Uh-oh. make that uh, vaccination mm. possible. So what happened? So a company called Becton Dickinson. Oh, hold on oh, a second. Oh, Why don't you tell us a little bit about, about uh, Becton Dickinson? Ladies and gentlemen, We have to, it's story time with All Uncle Ted. Rise. All, All rise. rise. Go ahead, Uncle Ted. So Becton Dickinson goes by the communicative name of BD, mass production to be able to produce one million needles really? to help Dr. Salk vaccinate a million children. And Great how stuff. do we know that all of these facts are real? How do we know that? Because, Uncle Ted, why? Well, I happen to also have worked for BD. Yes, you did. Not during that time period. No, but, but you've done your research. But it's yeah. part of our history. That's right. That's great. Today in history. February 21st, 1948, National Association for Stock Car Auto Racing is founded, hence the name NASCAR, N-A-S-C-A-R. That's where they get it from. Yes, pretty cool. That's what it stands for. That's pretty neat. I I underlined it because I didn't know that either. That is pretty cool. Keep on going. Yes, yes, yes. And this is something we could all relate to. February 25th, 1964, Muhammad Ali wins his first of three heavyweight titles. Like, you hear like boxing, right? Yeah. Muhammad Ali. He's, the, he's a god. He captured not just a world title here and there. He captured the world. Ali's, of course, known as a great boxer, but his significance as a public figure transcends that by quite a long distance. It stretches into race, to foreign policy, to issues of independence, and war. He's a god. He literally hit you. Oh, yeah. my God. Boom. He floats like a butterfly and stings like a bee. Uh, Float like a butterfly and sting like a bee. Ah, rumble, young man, rumble. Ah. February 28th, February 28th, 1983. There we go. First episode of TV series MASH is watched Ooh. by 106 million Viewers. There you go. That right was there. a great show. A plus for GK Money right. on that one. A plus. How right. about Hot Lips? That, right, that was one of the characters of MASH. That's yeah. right, Pappy. Yeah. Did MASH push the envelope? Like, did it make it? Were, were people, like, looking at MASH as people watch, let's say, Stranger Things on Netflix today? It was also a time where uh, the, the U.S. might have been involved in military actions around the world. Right. It brought a good sense of humor into uh, the military. Um, it was a great show. It was kind of like, you know, if you're a big Friends um, right. you know, fan right. or Cheers or something, they had personalities, different personalities that you could tap into and like. It okay. was just a, a great show. And All right. That, that concludes. I'm going to end on a good note. Today I love it, GK. Thank, thank you very much. much. Ted, how did I do? You did a uh, scale of 1 to 10. You got a 7. I'll take it. If you guys got uh, any kind of historic uh, events that we may miss or that's coming up, you can always uh, jot us an email and tell us. Uh, believe we can. It's father-daughter lunchtime. She wanted McDonald's. You wanted some quality time. But she's on her phone. 
Again. Wait, she just posted, having lunch with dad at her favorite place. And you just made her feed. That's big. A post-worthy lunch. That's something to value. Now pair a double cheeseburger or six-piece chicken McNuggets made with all-white meat chicken with a medium fries for just $3. Prices and participation may vary. Cannot be combined with any other offer or combo meal. Tax extra. Whatever you're funny, Peacock's got it exclusively. Bears beats The Office on Peacock. Stream every moment from Dunder Mifflin and explore bonus extras and exclusives. Plus, if you're looking for more classic hits, you can stream every episode of Parks and Recreation, Two and a Half Men, and every season of SNL. In the mood for something brand new? Check out Peacock's original comedies, The Amber Ruffin Show, and Saved by the Bell. Whether you're craving a new binge or familiar fave, you can find tons of comedy hits on Peacock. Get started for free at PeacockTV.com. We always use it, and we'll shout you out, and we'll thank you very much for uh, giving us some of the information. So email us at UncleTedCigarShed at gmail.com. And, uh, you know, I did forget earlier, I should have said, tonight was the first time that we actually started this. Uh, we are doing what's called, like, a, a pre-meeting. GK, how would you explain it to the audience? Pre-podcast meeting. Pre-podcast meeting to get the catch-up and to get our stuff in line for the show. Yeah, so every Friday night, I don't know what time, maybe 7, 7, 7.30, we, we go on and we, we put it out there on a live Instagram feed so you can actually watch us prepare, us three idiots, you can watch us prepare for the show, right? Right. I, I think that's great. I think I, it's two idiots and one not so an idiot. Well, who, we'll who, keep them guessing. Who, who, we'll, we'll keep who, it. I figured. I'll keep, okay. We'll keep everybody guessing. We got to go around the shed. We haven't seen each other in a week. Who would like to start tonight? Let's go, GK. GK, Monty, you're up. Right. How was your week? My week had some... Uh... Some bumps in the road. Uh-oh. Uh, with that ice storm. I know you guys don't want to hear it. I fell. No way. Yeah. I you fell? Fell on the deck. You just had knee surgery. Yep. Told me replacement. I went right down. Something stupid. Watching the dogs outside. Fell. What happened? Went right down. Slipped. The what whole... the hell are you doing? Pick yourself up and go back at it. No, they dragged me into the house, and I had to call Dr. Kissing. No, you didn't. You called Dr. Kissing. Ding, ding, ding. You called Dr. Kissing. Wait, wait a second. Nine. Were helicopters coming? <laughs> uh, there might have been. And you know what? They airlifted me to his house. <laughs> Unbelievable. So what did Dr. Kissing do for your knee? Oh, he came. He diagnosed. He came right to the house, diagnosed me, and said, "GK, you're fine. You're okay." Yeah. Then he wanted to go to your house, but it was a little late. He didn't leave my house till about twelve thirty at night, and he wow. wanted me to stop by and see Uncle Ted and Greg. I said, yeah. "T, they're sleeping." Well, that's wow, that's a, dude, that's a great doctor, right? That's a great story, too. Bro, what but are you how's doing? the knee now? How, how are you uh, feeling? Knee's good. Slow, slow, but uh, but getting there. Why can't you just sit still for another couple yeah. of weeks? T, yeah. you, you, T, and Uncle Ted, they know me, right? Yeah, right. You got to get up and do everything I yourself. Get Why? Up it was stupid, very stupid. You didn't have to go outside. We had a terrible ice storm, everything. I, everything was ice. I know, and if they couldn't get me, my next Dude. call was going to be to T. Come on, to bro. drag me. You, know, oh. you, you and T have something in common. What? You like to do things by yourself and get things done. Right. T also likes to do things by himself. <laughs> and not get done. <laughs> it doesn't get done. <laughs> well, that, so guess uh, who he calls? Uh, <laughs> Uncle Ted. Yeah, right. <laughs> All right, on that it. note, my week was absolutely horrendous. What? Yeah, you again? Ted, you know why it was horrible. Again? Listen, again, I, th- I thought I could do some DIY projects myself. So we, like almost everybody in America, were redoing our house, you know? Because during the pandemic, there's nothing else to do. Correct. You got to repaint, you got to put in lights, new molding, whatever it might be. Right. So Trish, my wife, she's like, hey, listen, we need some lights upstairs. So I moved into a house that was built in like 1982, 83 or something. Yeah. GK, you and I live in the eight, same neighborhood. Eight, 82, yeah. So a lot of these homes, the upstairs, they were built with like a single 
single light bulb in the dead center of all these no rooms. No hi-hats. No hi-hats. No room. I mean, yep. no, no lights. Yep. So Trisha's been on me for a long time. So during uh, this pandemic, because we're inside the house, I figured, all right, I'll do some uh, electric work myself. The thing is, though. Did you um, have help? I, of course, had help because I, do, I don't really know electric that well, but Uncle Teddy knows electric very well, right? Yeah, kind of, yeah. Well, you're good. You're an engineer. Yeah, okay, I'm good, yeah. You know what you're doing. Yeah. Uncle and, Teddy hey, you know what I'm putting in down right now. You know, well, I know you struggle with three-way switches. Yes, I'm right. actually working on a project now with four-way switch. You're kidding me. No. Four-way? It's three switches controlling right. one light. So you, in a three-way situation, you have two different switches right? Uh, and that control one one light. So a four-way switch uh-huh. uses is works with three uh, two other switches, so a total of three switches that control one light. Wow. That's complicated, man. Why well, so? Why? It, it, in mansions, that's what you need. Well, it's right. It's right. In mansions, it's right. Uncle Ted's got a mansion. You know, right. right. 5,000 square yeah, feet. In the mansion, it's right. You know, I'm sorry. But that's not my house. He's singing you, singing you. You got to come over. So there he is. He comes over, and he sends me upstairs in the attic to do all the dirty work. So he's got me up in the attic, crawling on top of all the beams. My knees are, like, numb already from, like, kneeling on the beams. Oh, that's a pain in the ass. So he's down below, and he's yelling to where I have to, like, drill through. Oh, boy. We had to add a couple of lines. Okay. So I drill through what I think is the proper place to drill. Oh, boy. Hold on. So he's confusing two things. <laughs> so the lights, because he had, he had one, two, three, four, four. bedrooms and a hallway right. uh, that had to be done. Uh, all hi-hats. All hi-hats. All hi-hats. In everybody's gotcha. rooms. Right. Gotcha. 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 So when we did the lights, so I had to measure mm-hmm. where the lights are going to go, and we cut the holes ahead of time. It's like, like put one over there. It's <laughs> no, like, where no, exactly? No, like, yeah, there. No, that's no, what I said, right. right. I but said, I'm, Greg, is uh, I would have walked out. I would have walked <laughs> out. Is no measuring way. part of this project? No. So anyway, yeah, okay. where he's getting to is, right. now we needed to run a new switch, because right. he's putting the whole new lights in. So we identified And a ceiling fan. And a ceiling fan. Right. I'm going to do all that. So when he was in the attic, attic, you know, if you look, lift the insulation up, you can see where the room is because you can see the, you know, the, the water goes right down. I didn't know that. He told me that. He goes, if you lift the insulation, yeah. you can actually see where the long beams are going. Correct. And that's how you know where the rooms are beginning and ending. Correct. You and see, where you the, see like the header beam yeah. and you know where to go. Right. I didn't know that. That's right. that's pretty interesting. Yes. I did not know that. So good. Yeah, I'm right. sorry. So well, I would also look on the other <laughs> side of the wall to see if there was any switches on that side. Right. And I said, T, when you're looking up, <laughs> yeah. you see where those wires are? Don't drill anywhere near them, right. I'll tap on the ceiling to yeah. give you an idea of where to go in. But go in about three or four inches. That's all you right. got to do. Yep, yep. <laughs> Center the beam, just drill and be done. Right. T decides he's going to jump the gun and know exactly where to drill. Without you telling me. But I figure, like, I know what I'm doing now. But you have, drill. you have the be- better view in the attic because you know where the beams are. And he knows where the wires are. <laughs> Correct. So You're he right. says, I'm so I would always say, that. you see where the wires are? He says, yeah, stay away from them. Right. right. Okay. But T's definition to stay away from him means I'm going to drill immediately next to him. That was a mistake. And so, honestly, mistake. I, it was one mistake. And I have to. T- and I told him that a thousand times. I go, Uncle Ted, it's one mistake I made. One mistake. But it was a doozy because when he cut that to get that wire out. Oh, boy. There's a total of 18 <laughs> wires in that no! box. Oh, I don't even want to hear what happened. He, it looked like, what'd you say? Spaghetti. It, was it all, looks like spaghetti, right. he says. M- Macy's fireworks. That's right, because he's got now, because after, I, after I, I sliced through the wire, right? So that was a mistake. No! no! This was the best. This was the best. So, and I'm drilling. I got this big, ginormous, like maybe, what is it, like a, a foot and a half drill bit. Because I had to get through like two two-by-fours, a beam. Like, I got to go deep, To you get know? the wire down. Right, right. right. And before he even gets through that, he says, hey, what's going on? My, my drill's not going through this wood. It's brand new drill. Right. He's hitting nails. He's hitting everything coming oh down. Oh, my Dude, God. What a mess. When these guys built this house in, in the 80s, they didn't even 
care, you know, so I'm, I'm drilling through it. So anyway. They don't care. All of a sudden, I, you hear this. <laughs> these, like, noises, right? Oh and I stop. And he goes, what'd you do? And he can hear. He knows up above. I already did something. What was your first reaction, Uncle Ted? <laughs> I'm going to be here for three days fixing up this problem. <laughs> That's right. I swear to God. So I said to him, I go, Uncle Ted, I think I uh, cut through the main wire. Come on, man. Come on. Come on. You know what? You know what? Come, come on. You can make a five-minute job three and four hours. Come on, man. And, it, that. and this is in, in, in the other box. This yep. is an existing Yelled box. At me. We didn't have to touch <laughs> at all. So I'm just trying to run switches to the other side. Now you do. Yeah, that's right. Now you got to splice it, tape it. And, and <laughs> right. So we got wires coming out of the wall all over the place, right? And uh, I'm sorry. And, I'm, and I'm, I'm apologizing up and down. I'm like, I'm sorry, Uncle Ted. I'm sorry. I'm that's a mistake like the doctors say. You cannot screw up operating on the wrong knee. Right. You cannot drill right. through a wire. Right. Luckily, you had UT there. Yes, we did. Um, so to now, splice it together. So I got spaghetti hanging out of the walls. Oh. So now he has to put them all together. So Genius over here says, I could do this. So I said, fine. Go ahead, knock it out. So he starts going at it, and all of a sudden, he's getting shot. He's blowing fuses. We're, we're setting fires in the house. There's wow. no fire. Oh, you got shocked a couple times where there was a spark. So uh-huh. I said, T, turn off the breaker to find out which one it was. Right. So he turns it off. I verified that was the one. <laughs> no, he turns it. Yeah, and I said, okay, now turn it turn it back on so I know that's the wire. Right. Which I said, there didn't. it is. I said, okay, now turn it off. You never at, said at to turn point, it off. You he, never, he never said turned turn it off. off. No. He says, oh, I got to run now. I got to go. He's lying. I got to go get some like 80 balloons for Valentine's Day for his wife. <laughs> right? He's about to have his house blow up and think and yeah. he's going to get balloons? Right. So what happened was is, wow. so now I got a live wire, but I'm two stories up, you know, his panel's in the garage. I would have left. So then I said, Jada, you know how to shut off panel? No. Dad won't let me go in there. Because <laughs> she's like, 13 years old. She doesn't know how to do that stuff. I'm going to switch, right? Oh, my God. So you know God. what I do? So I said, you know, I'm going to shortcut this right here. So yeah. I shorted it right there. I hit, the, I hit it and yeah, cut right. it off. So now, so so it's now sparked. It's so now Jada's going crazy. Ah! But it wasn't a fire, it was a spark, wow. and I did it intentionally. Did you guys get everything fixed and all the hi-hats hung? Everything's, we, yeah. We, yeah, because we, I had to call a professional in. I had to pay money. I had to pay $150 to get a real electrician to come in to help me out. He couldn't get it all hooked up. We had all these wires. Be- what? Because what? the electrician told him, who spliced this? Because he still, still spliced the wrong wire. <laughs> he blew out some other wires while he was Wouldn't it have been easier just to have someone in and do it? <laughs> Listen, I, I, you know what? At the end of the day, we should have. Real Two down, and a half hours. I, <laughs> He's lying. Wow. I wanted to drill down from the attic. That was my real plan. Man. This went on for weeks in my house, yeah, right. for weeks. Right. And I had a full he, head of hair when I started. All he does well, is you yell got electrocuted. Me. Your beard is even singed. <laughs> Your mustache. He yells at me all day long. Yo, what are you doing? And I'm up there on top of those beams, man. My knees are hurting. Insulation all over you. I was no dying compassion. from insulation. No compassion. I go, can you come up here and look at it? I'm not going up there. I'm not doing it. There's too much insulation and dust up there. Yeah. So he won't, I'm the one that's struggling up there. I don't that's even know house. what I'm doing. Right. His, his house, house, right? Oh his god. house is his crawl. Oh my right. god! You know, so anyway, he does leave because he got to get these ninety-eight balloons or something, right? It was Valentine's Day, oh. man. I had to get Valentine's Day balloons. I put a, I put a pre-order in there. I had no choice. I said, and he I- left you. So anyway, I would have split. He knows you, what he's doing. You, you, you know what the daughter, his daughters come up and say, Dad, uh, Uncle Teddy. You know, it's so easy when he's not here and you're just doing it. You're just knocking his right out. You know what? He you puts say, thoughts that's into great, the mind. That's a great no, uncle. We're going to find out how Uncle Ted's uh, work week, I mean, how his, how his week was. But, but screw him, right? Right. We don't want to hear about that anymore. No, but uh, you know what, Uncle Ted? Give me a highlight of your week. I, I, I need to hear it. So my daughter has a brand new dog. Oh, my God. 
right? It's a rescue dog. Okay. In fact, the dog was on death what row. What a wonderful person he is. He is so wonderful. So she, well, family. she's a wonderful person. She oh, goes out God. and she rescues this dog. Perfect yeah. family. So I said, you know, family. bring him over to the house and fend- the yard's fenced in. Mm-hmm. He can run around the yard. So he decides now he's going to run on the yard. He's going to run on my pool cover. So I got one of those elephant uh, covers, covers right? right? Right. Well, he hits the hot tub cover, rips. He got to, and it's it, cold, so it's going to rip easy. Plus, he's got the big nails. Totally wow. destroys that. <laughs> I, I, after the snow melted, because he was also running around, there's a hole in the deep end. Definitely got need, 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 need a new cover. Definitely I, need I, a new cover. I smell an insurance claim. Yeah, and that's yeah. what he would do. He would do that, right? Not that he's got enough more enough money from God that he can like go out and buy another one. Listen, but now he's going to price it out. T- so you know what he does? He calls me up, GK, and he goes, "Hey, um, you know, you know, a pool guy. You think you give me a cheap price?" That's and what I, I said. Go, What'd you say? I said, you think you give me a good price? Oh, let good. me tell you something. Right. That's right. not what he's saying. So, uh, See, he says good, but what he means is cheap. cheap. No. Yeah. Right. No, because I want a good uh, quality. So that cover's <laughs> going to cost at least four or $5,000. Oh, my, poor baby. But, poor my, baby. My cover with the anchors in, and my pool's a lot smaller, was uh, 3500 So I said to T, I says, hey, since I also gave a good recommendation for his pool guy. Yeah. First of all, you did I found my pool guy. Yeah, but, I found the pool guy. Who did you say, Uncle Ted? Come over here, check him out, see if he's good, whatever. Right? See what he does? Yeah. He doesn't yeah. forget anything that he does right. for somebody. Right. So what he's referring to, GK, uh, is when I was it. when I was going to put a pool in, right? Yeah. Man, yeah. We're, you know what? Let's find it. We're going to go at it tonight. We're going to go at it. So you know what, GK, money? So let me tell you something. I want to hear it. I, I found a pool guy that right. I wanted to put a pool in in my backyard, right? And I thought that his, his prices were right in my wheel. House. Oh, cheap, right. cheap. That means cheap. Oh, that's not cheap. Okay, Listen, cut. That's why you guys are related. Oh, go my ahead. God. T, go and, ahead. I, and he was a young guy, and he was right. just starting out, you know, and he had, like, a new vision for pools and stuff. Mm-hmm. He had, he had like, he would fly those, uh, what are those? Drones. Those, drones over the backyard, yep. take yep. pictures, put it up on YouTube before you could see what it feels like. A lot of like. pride in his work. I, a lot of, and I said, that's the guy I want. Yeah, so perfect. I said, you know, to this guy, Rich, I said, Rich, when would you mind coming back? And it's not just me, but I am have no knowledge of pools, mm-hmm. but my uncle, who I adore, he has had a pool for over thirty years. See how he's waxing me? He's oh, waxing please. me nice. Maybe, oh. maybe you can ask, you can ask you a couple questions, make sure I get everything right. So right. I, I asked him to do me a favor. Yeah. But you see what Uncle Teddy's doing now? Yeah. He's throwing it back in my face, right. as if like I, he did something I, wonderful for me. All right, so so uh, let's get back. So to, I said, so, so maybe pool covers rip. Yeah, the one that the can dog. hold an elephant, but it can't hold a dog. <laughs> well, those have nails. Oh, Elephants don't have these nails. On. So <laughs> so I, that's another scam. They have tusks. They have tusks. Right. It's false advertising. So it's really not an elephant cover. It's not even a dog no, cover. It's, it's a dog. Right. You, it'll hold an elephant, but don't not put a dog, dog on. Can't put a dog. Okay, okay. okay. I'm I'm following. I, I tell you, this dog's got webbed feet with these nails. I saw it when he in in, in the snow. It's incredible. But anyway, so I said, give me Rich's number. I'll give him a call. Right. And uh, she goes, you know, once you call him, you got to give him the job. I said, no, I got to, I got to no. get three estimates. Absolutely. He says, that's not how you do it. You just go with Rich. I said, what if he's two thousand dollars more? I'm not going to go with Rich. Right. Okay. Right. First of all, here's what he does. He asks me to put my name out there. Right. Put my name on a line and go ask this guy Rich and to give him a good price. Yeah. And then he won't. No. Right. So you know what that feels like to me? It's like because then Rich is looking at you like, what a dick you are. You, you <laughs> at, right. You ask me for a good price. I give a good price, but yet he's still going to right. And he doesn't use them. You cheap bastard. So I got to resolve that hot tub problem. So right. I have to do that. So as I'm driving, coming back, I see that there's this dumpster mm. in some guy's yard, right? He's doing some house renovation. Yeah. yeah. And as I'm, getting, as I'm getting there, I see a car coming out of nowhere, pulls up in front, runs out of the car, 
goes into his trunk, takes some stuff out, and throws it into the dumpster. What's wrong with that? Random guy. It looked like a random guy because he jumped back in his car. He looked around and looked at me, jumped in his car, and took off. I have a brand new segment, and it's called... What am I talking about? I have a new segment. Say it. Say it. What am I talking about? Same thing you're talking about. It's called... (laughs) What are you talking about? What are you talking about? Yeah, so it's called... What are we talking about right now? So it made me start thinking, because I have a friend who's in the construction business. Right. He does door installations. Mm-hmm. So if he does a door installation, say for you, mm-hmm. the customer might say is, well, can you take my old door? Correct. He would say, sorry, I can't do that. It's not right. part of the deal. Right. person would say, well, if there's something in my wallet I could put in your wallet, would you take it? Correct. Mm-hmm. Oh, he says, well, for $40, I could take it. Right. So yeah. then what he would do, he'd be looking for dumpsters. And he would take these doors and dump them in somebody else's dumpster. Wow. So And get paid for it. So this issue with the dumpster, GK, this bothered Uncle Teddy for the past four days. So for the past four days, he's been telling me, we got to talk about it on the podcast. People that are doing illegal dumping. This hmm. is against the law. We need to stop the illegal dumping. Right. Hmm. And I'm like, you know what? Sing me a ri- sing me a song. I don't care. Because Oh, no. What is it? Cry me a river. Cry That's me a river. Cry me a river. I don't care. Fine, I'm fine with it. That's You're fine with legal dumping. I'm fine with legal I dumping. I am too. That's Wait a right. second. See, I, I, nice, I agree. GK. What kind, of, I agree. what kind of illegal dumping have you done? That's right. Oh, a lot. I'll name That's one. Right. Name one. Tires, mattresses, what? Whatever. Batteries. 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 Yeah. That's Love a toxic. You, that's illegal. That's definitely illegal. That's a paint double illegal. Paint cans. Paint cans. Paint cans. Another one. Oh. Don't I, care. I, fertilizer, I could spread out or okay. whatever. So out the paint cans, I just throw and I tie it up real good. So when they lift it up, it's right in there. That's right. I think that people that are listening to our podcast right now, I think they would all agree that if yeah. they find a dumpster, they're just throwing things away. It doesn't matter. They're 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 into illegal dumping. Everybody does now, illegal dumping. Now, I I've do never know, done that. I do know people that will, they're brazen and go to commercial sites mm-hmm. like a Walmart or a Target and dump in there, but they I'll got do cameras. That. They got camera. You got to watch. Okay, I'll I won't go to somewhere. I'll, I'll stake it out first. If I see a camera, <laughs> there you stake go. it out. <laughs> if I see a camera, I will not dump there. Hey, so I got a story that is best told by T himself. <laughs> Boy. I know exactly where he's going. T had a dumpster. He was doing some major rework in his house. This was amazing. And he had a dumpster. He hired a dumpster because it mm-hmm. cost you a couple hundred bucks, right? Three, four hundred bucks. This was amazing. Yeah. Right? Yeah. So they bring the dumpster to his house, and right. he starts unloading the dumpster. Right. And then the dumpster's getting filled up. So it's a weekend, and Trish and I are not even living there yet because we have a contractor that's doing the work. So we're right. staying with my parents in the meantime. So I go to work from my parents' house on a daily basis, right. and the contractor has the keys, and he shows up on a daily basis, and he's doing the work. Right. Every now and then on the way home from work, I stop at the new house, and I see how the contractor's going or he's right. doing. He contacts me via the cell phone. Hey, stop by. I want to see if you want to do this or not or whatever. Here's what I did. Check it out. Blah, blah, blah. Right? Mm-hmm. Everything's kosher. Mm-hmm. I, love the, I love the contractor. He loves me. We all trust each other. Everything's on the above. Everything's mm-hmm. on the up and up. Okay, great. So it's Sunday. Sunday night, I'm relaxing, I'm going to go to bed now, I'm going to watch, not a Sopranos or something, right? Mm. I'm watching TV. I wake up Monday morning, I go to work, right? I'm at work. 7 a.m., I get a phone call on my cell phone from the contractor, thinking, okay, hey, you know, he's, mm. hey, you're going to stop by later on today. Contractor screaming at me on the phone. Where's the dumpster? Where's the dumpster? <laughs> we're, we're, we're destroying walls today. Where are we going to put everything? I go, whoa, man, back up. What are you talking about? The dumpster's on the driveway. We have it until X amount of days, whatever it is. Mm -hmm. Dumpster's gone, man. You messed up. The dumpster's gone. How did I mess up? So I called the dumpster company, and I go, miss, did you take the dumpster? She goes, no. And I go, well, if you didn't take the dumpster, 
and I didn't take the dumpster, and my contractor didn't take the dumpster. Where where's, is it? Where's the dumpster? Somebody yeah. stole the dumpster. And with oh. the garbage inside it. They took it with the garbage. Oh, wow. <laughs> you know what would have been funnier? They would have dumped the garbage and took this. Just open the back door, leave it on right. the driveway, and so took that, it. So we're talking about people stealing right. by putting stuff in the dumpster. Someone stole his Someone dumpster. stole his junk. <laughs> That's right. Wow. That's how, that, wow. Ladies and gentlemen. That's those, unusual. Ladies that and is ge- unusual. Ladies and gentlemen, listen to this podcast. You need a special trailer to steal a dumpster. <laughs> it's not like sticking up a bug. Someone stole your garbage can. He couldn't believe it. He couldn't they had to come it. with the big truck. It's right. quite yard dumpster, right? And right. Ro- it was a roll off, right? So it turns out a week later, they discovered my dumpster for real in Pennsylvania at a construction site. They painted over the phone number and everything. They found the dumpster in Someone Pennsylvania. Someone stole a dumpster right That's out of right. your driveway. That's right. I with never, his stuff and everything. I never, ever heard of that. But where did they that, dump that stuff? That was definitely legal dumping. Uncle Ted, they had to dump it somewhere. Where'd they dump it? But they did charged- you but they no. did you a favor. They could have dumped it on your driveway. And they, they did not. They right. charged it to the people where they dropped off the dumpster. Oh. To them. Maybe they did. Yeah, right. Oh, how funny is that? And they got that? a free dumpster out of the deal. Yeah. And they got a free dumpster. But then, yep. they, but then it got caught, you know, when they, they found the dumpster in Pennsylvania. Wow. At a construction site. So it just shows you that one dumpster company is stealing from another dumpster company. All happens all the time, evidently. And we didn't know that until it's happened to me. Wow. Pretty so, crazy, right? So if anybody owns a dumpster company, call us up and tell us the <laughs> yeah. crazy stories you have. Yeah. And you can write to us at Uncle Ted Cigar Shed at G. <laughs> Gmail.com. We'll read your email right here on our show. And this if you great. want, you can drop it off at T's house. No, And then not. we'll monitor it and no. see if someone takes it. So what's his address? Oh, my God. Let's not do that. Guys, we got a contest. We got to reveal the uh, winner of our contest. Let's do it. The number you have dialed. So uh, a couple of weeks ago, we launched a really cool contest here at Uncle Ted's Shed, and uh, we took, took some pictures of the actual shed that we're sitting in, and we put it out there on uh, Instagram at Uncle Ted's Shed, and we put something a little peculiar in the shed, and we gave you guys as much time as you wanted to find that one peculiar item. So it turns out somebody did a little cool investigation, a little Inspector Clouseau, and he found mm. that uh, that peculiar item. What happened? Did I win? And the winner of our very first contest, and Uncle Ted Shed, GK Money, you do the honors. Thank you, T. Brian Dincy. Congratulations. And who is Brian Dincy on Instagram? Wait for it. Wait for it. He's a superhero. He's a pirate. He's a pirate. He's a pirate. A pirate? Yeah. What? Wow. Somebody else got to read this. What's his What's his Instagram name? Wash underscore Dincy underscore repeat. There it is. That's the winner of this contest. So, Brian, let's repeat for everybody else. What are you going to win? What is he going to win, Uncle Ted? So, he's, he's going to win a pair of Ashton Crown rock glasses. Nice. A pair of beautiful glasses. Woo! Not to be undone. Beautiful. A beautiful oval glass ashtray. Nice. La Aroma de Cuba yeah. ashtray. Beautiful. It's a, All right. It's a work of art. Mm-hmm. And the police de resistance. Yes. Is yeah. a uh, La Mora de Cuba. Humidor. It's a there beautiful you go. package. There wow. you go. Brian, congratulations. This guy did all right. Not bad at all. Not bad at all. Congratulations, bro. You are the very first winner inside Uncle Ted's shed. Again, it is Brian Dincy. It says, I was once compared to the cool Squirtle from Squirtle Squad, U.S. Army Infantry, Sigma Chi superhero. He says he's a pirate, and uh, you can find out more about him at Chubby Shorts. It's C H U B B I E S. 
S-H-O-R-T-S dot com. Chubby's Shorts dot com. I don't know anything about his Chubby's Shorts.com. But congratulations. You're the very first winner inside Uncle Ted's shed. I will reach out to you and DM you on Instagram, and uh, we'll figure out your address and how we can get the prize to you. So congratulations, bro. Thank you very much for participating uh, inside the Uncle Ted's shed first contest. I also want to thank uh, Ashton. Uh, cigars yes, for yes, giving us yes. the, the gifts Thank to promote you. on this contest. That's right. Gotcha. Ashton came through for us. Unlike some other cigar companies, Ashton really steps up and they really come through with what they promise. They do. Right. And I also give a shout out to Lighthouse. Yes, Lighthouse Cigars. Tony. Tony. Tony, Tony, and, her, Tony and her brother Ralphie. That's right. They're, we love them great. too. Because you know, they great. helped us out. They put us in contact with the uh, yeah. with, 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 uh, with Jason with, with Jason over at uh, Ashton and we were able to pull this contest off. Yeah. Yeah. Nice job, Uncle Ted. Oh, great nice job, GK. Again, congratulations, Brian. There you go. So that is our first time winner right here inside Uncle Ted's Shed. Let's get to some fan mail. It's mail time. Yeah, we got mail. Uh, we do have to make a couple of shout-outs to some new listeners uh, that jumped aboard. GK Money, who do you got? I got Mike. What's up, guys? I'm Mike. I know Greg T. from Brooklyn Boys Podcast. I oh. wasn't a huge fan of a Jersey kid, but That's Uncle nice. Ted Shed works. Well. Love the podcast. Keep it up, T. Listen, it's a win and a loss. That's all right. So, listen. So, my buddies, uh, Skira Jones and Dave Brody, they head up the Brooklyn Boys Podcast. Yep. And uh, sometimes I call in on the podcast for them, and I call myself the Jersey Kid, and I make fun, you know? You and we go. have a good time, because they're the Brooklyn Boys, and I'm the Jersey Kid. So, yep. he doesn't like that character. Okay, fine. But he does like the Uncle Ted Shed. So you know what? It's a win for us. It is. Absolutely. Life I like that. Listening. Michael, thank you Good. for writing to us. Thank you, Michael. All right. We got another big shout-out going out. Big shout-out going out to Shady Mobster. That is at Shady Mobster on Twitter. And he says, hey, guys, at Uncle Ted's Shed, hashtag chairman of the board, hashtag all rise. And he says, this is officially my immediate response at Greg T underscore KTU. I love this podcast. So thank you at Shady Mobster. I love that. Thank you. Hey, Shady. Yeah. We also have another big shout out, the Reaper. I mean, that is some crazy name to be on Twitter, but he goes under at Hadjaras. It's H-A-R-J-A-S underscore. uh, And it's S-O-H-A-L. How do you pronounce that name? S-O. Sohal? Sohal. Sohal. He calls himself the Reaper, but he also is giving us a chance, and he's enjoying the podcast so far. So thank you very much. I don't care if you call yourself Death or if you call yourself the Reaper, but if you're listening to Uncle Ted Shed podcast, we're in. All right. So a couple weeks ago was uh, Valentine's Day. It certainly was. So I got a letter here I'd like to read to you guys. Hold on a second. Can I get my, you know, because you're going to tell a story, because GK and Money and I are very, you know, we're used to that. I'd like to get a blanket and get my little, you know, my footsies on, my my slippers. I want to get cozy by the fire, you know, while you tell a story. A couple candles. A couple candles. GK, can we snuggle a little bit? We could, but I got to open the door. It's getting hot. It says, hey guys, I'm a new listener and I've listened to your latest podcast where you guys were talking about Valentine's Valentine's Day. So at the end of that, feels segment, good, right, GK? Oh, give me that massage. <laughs> are we going to pay proper respect to this yes, lady? Yes, we are. Yes, we are. okay. Yeah, read the email we got. Yes. So I'm going to begin from the beginning. Oh, thank God. Go ahead. So it says, "Hey guys, I'm a new listener, and I listen to your latest podcast where you guys are talking about Valentine's Day." At the end of that segment, you asked listeners to reach out to you if we needed any advice on romance. Mm. So here it goes. Hey, I'm a 21-year-old female, and I have been sharing an apartment with two identical twin brothers, Matthew and Ryan, for the past two years. Matthew and I have been romantically involved for the last eight months, but on Valentine's Day, I felt he was a little distant to me. The morning started out nicely. He whispered, Happy Valentine's Day, honey, in my ear. 
He handed me a card. Mm. After that, he went to the kitchen to make breakfast for the three of us. Mm. I was hoping that we would have breakfast alone. Breakfast mm. in bed, maybe. Maybe. Yeah, that would yeah. be nice. But oh, none yeah. of that, she says. Hey, now. Hey, After now. breakfast, he said he had to go. Yeah, but an hour or two later, I was walking past Ryan's room. Hey, I saw he doing? was drying himself off after taking a shower. He says, Ryan's a pretty cool guy, and we're friends. I like the way he treats his dates, and I think I'd like to be with him. Okay. says, I love Matthew, but I'm falling for Ryan, too. Good. Oh, they both of them. All right, it, all right, all right, all right. Did you read this? Because it says, is it wrong to be involved with two brothers? No. What should I do? They Could, both of them. Yeah, dump Duncan Matthew. He's a loser. And she needs to go. She needs to go with Ryan. And in worst case, she would get confused. Matt could wind up in bed. She would never know they're twins. Right. You're so young still. What are you doing wasting your time? Some guy leaves you there with his brother. He leaves for a couple of hours, comes home with Fair nothing. Fair game. Right, exactly. Fair game. Dude, that's an easy one. That's not even, I, didn't, I, I feel bad that she wastes her time emailing us. It's like leaving your lawnmower out in the front lawn for right. three days. Someone's going to steal it. I that's have a, a different opinion. In the same, oh. uh, chairman? Yeah. yeah, please, chairman of the board. First of all, I think it's. It's uncommon. It's not uncommon to be attracted to more than one person at the same time. Okay, okay fine, I agree. But whether yeah. or not you act on those feelings would only affect you. It'll also affect the two brothers. Yeah, what was this? Nineteen seventy. She wants to date two guys. But brother, Dude, well, we're, we're in twenty twenty one now. There's right. no time to be messing around. Who right. cares? Dump this fool and go out with the brother. Yeah, that's right. the end. Of it. That's the way it goes. So or I think both of them and move on. She wants, you know what? That's even better. GK, you're right. Get out of the house. No, that's not what she wants. Mm. We're giving her real answers. Well, though. I'm giving her the right answer. It doesn't matter what she wants. She emailed us, and we're giving her the advice. We are the love doctors. Mm-hmm. Okay. So I want to say, if you want to date Ryan, make sure both brothers understand what's going to happen here. Oh, they my won't. God. Understand. Exactly. Guys what what era are nothing. you from? Oh, come oh, on boy. now. Hey, call to action. Call to action. Call to action yeah. what? To our listening audience. Right. If you have a love question, need advice, or have a question about anything, send we'll us an email. Out. We'll give you the yeah. real advice. At Uncle Ted Shed. Cigarshed at gmail.com. No we may hole, read your email. No holes barred and no yes. pun intended. That's right. No holes barred. We will give you the honest answer. All right, Uncle Ted, it is that time. Ladies and gentlemen, it's a two-drink minimum. Everybody, the ladies get it for half price. Come on, come all. It is Uncle Ted's Comedy Club. He gives you a couple of jokes, and, of course, you are going to laugh. You're going to laugh, and then you're going to stand up, and you're going to applaud. All right, so Uncle Ted, it's all yours. Take it away. Hey, let's give it up for T. Isn't he great? Yeah. Yeah, and thank you so much. Thank you for such a warm welcome. And I call this segment, and that's how the fight started. Didn't we change that for 2021? Weren't we going to move on to something else? Not yet. Not yet. All right, fine. That's how the fight started. Yeah, so Billy asked his wife, Lisa, to buy a bottle of tequila. Instead, she bought a jar of cold cream. Billy Mm -hmm. said, you know, honey... The tequila would make you look a whole lot better at night than that old cold cream. Wow! <laughs> and that's how the fight started. The truth that hurts. That was yeah. good. That was good. Yeah, yeah. That, that is good. Uncle Ted. I, I like, like that, that one. Yeah. yeah, Billy was looking at his lottery ticket when Lucy says, if I win, I want a boob job and a facelift. Mm. Billy said, if I win, I'm going to get my old, beat-up 1990 Ford Taurus totally reconditioned. The works, new engine, wow. new trans, a new mm. paint job. It's nice. Lucy mm. said, why bother fixing up that old thing? You could afford to get a new one. Billy said, that's my point exactly. (laughs) And that's how the fight started. (laughs) Well, thank you very much, ladies and gentlemen. That is Uncle Ted's Comedy Club. And we really hope that you enjoyed yourself and come back for more. And remember, next week, it's the same thing. Two drink minimum, ladies get in for half price. And Uncle Ted will take that stage and try to make you laugh. So thank you very much for participating tonight in Uncle Ted's Comedy Club. 
Well, we really hope that you guys enjoyed yourselves here tonight inside episode 19 of Uncle Ted Shed. Hey, first things first, we got to really thank Dr. Brad from TLC's My Feet Are Killing Me. Check it out. They are right now in the middle of uh, episode uh, season two. So uh, catch that. Uh, they have another six more episodes to go. So thank you very much, Dr. Brad. Uh, GK Money. I mean, thank, uh, thank you that you showed up today with your knee. Uh, you know. I appreciate it. I was biting at the bit to get back into the shed. Yeah, I good. really enjoyed myself. Good, good, good. And you know what? And it was nice to be back in the shed, was, was uh, it? Yes. It was. You know, I want to tell T, uh, GK, yeah. stand on your feet and don't spend so much time in your behind falling down those stairs. So uh, stay healthy. <laughs> I can't believe you flipped, man. I can't I believe you flipped. Oh, yeah. my God. Yeah. Uncle Ted, did you have a good time tonight? We had a great time. All right. What would you like? What was your highlight tonight? Um, giving you the heat. Giving you, you know what? We're going to... <laughs> The hi-hat was his... Yeah, he, I know. He was yeah. glibbering. When I shut this thing glibbering. off, we're seriously going at it. I swear to God. <laughs> we're going to go at it. And that's how the fight started. All right, yeah. guys, listen. If you liked any portion of uh, tonight's uh, episode 19, or if you didn't like it, please reach out to us again at UncleTedCigarShed at gmail.com. Instagram us at UncleTedShed. And tweet us at UncleTedShed. And again, next week, prior to going on, we will be broadcasting our pre-show uh, right there on Instagram. I'll tweet it out, and I'll let you know exactly what time we're going live. So... If it's a Friday night, you know you're always hanging out at Cycle Town Shed. Thank you very much, ladies and gentlemen. GK Money. Good night, America. Uncle Ted. Hey, good day, good afternoon, good evening. Whatever time zone you're listening to us, we're glad you're part of our show. And we'll see you here next week for episode 20 of Uncle Ted Shed. Thanks very much for listening. Progressive Motorcycle presents Road Wisdom from the Motor. Half man, half motorcycle. If you missed a turn, there's always another turn. Take it to get back to the turn you missed. Use your turn signal. Progressive Motorcycle also presents Roadside Assistance. Progressive Motorcycle, for those who were born to ride. Progressive Casualty Insurance Company and Affiliates. Keep listening to our weekly episodes to find out more. Introducing touch-free payments from PayPal, a safe way for your customers to pay. Simply download the PayPal app and display your own unique QR code for your customers to scan. Whether you're a market seller, I'll take two tomatoes and a poodle pamperer, <laughs> piano tuner, or plumber, signing up to accept touch-free payments for your business is easy. Touch-free QR code payments. Shop safe with PayPal. Today's episode is brought to you by Patreon. If you're interested in supporting the show, go to patreon.com slash joshuavelas and become a $2 backer today and get early access to the new episodes. I'll be leaving a link in the description down below, but for now, on to today's episode. You're listening to the Augment Experience Podcast. I'm your host, as usual, Joshua Velas. I'm a student, musician, and a gamer at heart. Join me as I sit down every week to talk about all the latest news in the technology, business, and video game world. I hope you guys enjoy. All right, everybody. Welcome back to the show. My name is Joshua Bellis. I am your host as usual. And obviously, welcome back to the show. Today's episode 161 of the show. And before we get started, I'm going to do a bit of house current quick because, well, you guys know we like to do it around here and it only makes sense that we do it. Well, it's also my show, so I, I always do it, but it's also because I like doing it. And it's just 
easy. You know, <laughs> it's an easy way to start the show off in a well, I wouldn't say in a bright way, but it's just a good way to start the show overall. But I do want to say thank you guys for coming back and listening to today's episode. It really does mean a lot to me. You guys constantly keep downloading these episodes, you keep sharing these episodes, you constantly keep letting me know how you feel, whether you're watching the video version and commenting on YouTube or you're listening to the audio versions on Spotify or Apple Podcasts, wherever you like to listen to your podcast, because there's plenty of ways to go listen to an audio version. But I do greatly appreciate you guys taking time of your day to listen to me and interact with me. And because, well, a lot of the topics on the show you guys vote on, so you guys interact with me in that way because, well, you, you vote on the topic. So, you know, but I do say thank you guys for everything. I really do appreciate it. I also want to say thank you guys. We, I think we're close to 2,200 total downloads. I saw the number kept going up, so I don't have a final number right now, but I do want to say thank you guys for that. It really, really does mean a lot to me. They guys just keep downloading and keep sharing these episodes. It really means a lot to me. I also want to say thank you guys for you know, just being cool, being awesome. You guys are great. Obviously, thank you to the Patreon backers as well, because, well, you guys support the show. So I greatly appreciate you all. Thank you. And if you want to become a Patreon backer, you can obviously click the link down below that says Patreon (laughs) and become a Patreon backer today. You can either click the $2 tier to just generally support the show and get access to the Discord, or you can spend $5 a month and get early access to the episodes, which, hey, if you really like these episodes, then if you really want to just support me and get them early, then hey, go right ahead. But time to switch gears a little bit because we're doing a real talk today. And I pushed this back a little bit. Like, I'm just being honest. I'm actually recording this the day of because a lot of stuff came up in when I normally record the episode. But I do feel like it's important that we talk about this because it's something that I'm learning. And I want to share with you guys my progress that I made learning this but at the same time i also want to encourage you if you haven't taken those first steps or you are and you're you know going through it and just so you know that i'm walking through it with you but we're going to be talking about learning to be content with your life that's such a very broad big statement because as someone mentioned there's many ways you can interpret this and let's tackle some of that and i want to mention this and preferences as look what helps me be content with my life will probably not be the same thing for you and that's okay everyone is unique in their own ways we are all created to be unique special and all of us have our own unique quirks kinks and well i realize that i just said kinks but let's just put it as you know, everyone is unique in their own way. <laughs> everyone is special. They have their own ticks and tocks. They're like intricate, intricate clocks that just constantly keep ticking, but they're not all the same. But I did want to talk about this because to me, I have actually been learning how to be content for, I would say pretty much over a year now. And it's been challenging to say the least that I was somebody who I would say was heavily dependent on relationships. I am being openly honest with myself and being openly being openly honest with you because I have no reason to lie. I'm not going to talk about struggles and talking about what people go through if I'm not willing to open up and just being honest about myself. And the reality is, yes. I feel like that's something that 
caused a lot of issues for me was being heavily dependent on relationships for joy and contentment when that's not what it's supposed to be because you're not supposed to be like so emotionally dependent on someone or specifically another human being because human beings were imperfect we make mistakes we're going to screw up always whether you believe it or not you are not an exemption to the rule your partner is not an exemption to the rule it's great that you feel happy around your partner but that doesn't mean your partner should be the center of your joy because that's a recipe for disaster and it leads to so many issues down the line because you're trying to put all this hope and put all this aspiration on someone that cannot live up to that standard. And in my case, I was doing that. And I realized that, hey, Bucko, you're doing something wrong. And it's okay to be wrong. There's nothing wrong. Like, I know some people say, well, how can you be wrong in life? Like, everybody has a different life. Everyone's unique. Like, not everything is the same. Well, yes, everyone's life is different. But it doesn't mean there's still, that there's not universally unhealthy habits that exist which spoiler alert that's one of them being overly dependent on a partner like yes it's fine that you want to spend time with them enjoy the company but don't put them at the center of your life because that's a recipe for disaster and in the case of you know me being a christian we believe that god is the center of everything that we believe that to find true contentment to find true joy you have to be willing to trust god in every situation and let him be the center of your life and that's well, very hard for a lot of people. I'm not pretending it's easy for me. Like, it's hard. <laughs> like, I'm pretty stubborn. I like to do things at my own pace. I like to do things my own way. And then I realized time and time again, like, hey, bud, there's a reason why they always fail. It's because you're not perfect. It's because you're doing it for the wrong reasons. And the big man upstairs is saying no. And that was hard personally because i in the process of learning to be content i have to learn what it actually means to be content for me like yes in my case i do believe that the contentment can be found in christ because christ is the only one who is perfect he's the only one that can satisfy you and meet your needs and exceed your expectations because he is perfect he will never make a mistake because if you say that God is all-knowing, but he doesn't understand you, then that's a contradiction. That That's a contradiction. That's a logical fallacy. Because he, if he is perfect and he knows everything, you cannot say that he doesn't know you. Because that's a contradiction. And that doesn't exist with someone who's perfect. But one of my mentors told me this, Josh. You have to learn to be content when it's just you and God or you'll never be content when there's someone else there because you won't be able to cherish someone if you aren't truly happy with who you are and comfortable in your own skin that you aren't re that you don't really know who you are when the reality is your partner is going to be the same way they don't really know who they are and i know for me being honest that was hard it was hard hearing that because i really want a partner and it's difficult when someone has to tell you, hey, bud, you're not ready for it. You don't know what it means to truly be with somebody. And I know people tell me, Josh, you're a smart guy. But I also acknowledge that, yes, I don't know everything. 
I'm not going to stand here and pretend that I know everything, that I'm this all-knowing being that has infinite knowledge and infinite resources. But the reality is I'm just a college kid inside of a college dorm room that is recording a YouTube show and recording a podcast. <laughs> like, I'm not this super special like living in luxury style like i'm not driving a rolls royce i don't have a rolex on my wrist i don't have like five different phones on me every like i don't i'm just little little me (laughs) but when it talks about being content it's different for everybody i know like some people like to say that yes there's this whole southern stir-fried uh bible belt version of it but i don't believe in that I believe that, yes, contentment is only found in Christ and in Christ alone. But you have to know what makes you content, like what strives you to be more content that encourages and builds your relationship with Christ. And I feel like that's something that's very important is because for me, something that I always like to do that helps me go forward and push forward in life and helps me to strive better and strive for more is my drive to help people. I've told people this multiple times that. I did engineering, specifically engineering, because engineering was a platform to help people. I did not really care so much about the pay. I didn't care so much about uh, understanding how a circuit works and all this other crap. But to me, it was the aspect of helping someone who needed help and that I had the tools and the understanding to help them, that I was willing to help and serve others. And that's what I felt for a long time pushed me forward to be a better engineer. But I realized that as time went on, especially doing engineering, that I wasn't happy doing it or that I wasn't content doing it because it it wasn't what I was supposed to be doing. And for a lot of people, they're like, they come to that same realization as, hey, maybe I'm doing what I'm not supposed to be doing. That I'm supposed to be here, but I'm over here. And that's a realization that I came to was, yes, I started to become so focused on grades. I started to become so focused on just passing the class and the goal or the aspiration and what made me content with life, which is helping people was starting to become blurry. And that was a problem because that was me not being true to myself. So I decided, look, maybe this is not what I'm supposed to be doing. Maybe there's something else that I'm supposed to be doing. And I came to the realization that, hey, business, marketing, is where I'm supposed to be at. And that's where I'm at now, where now I'm doing marketing and I'm actually content. I like what I'm doing. Yes, is it much simpler compared to engineering? Obviously, that we're not going to pretend that it isn't. But that doesn't mean that it doesn't have its own complexities, that it doesn't have its own things that need to be understand. And for a lot of people, they don't understand that. They just think, oh, he took an easier major. He he couldn't handle it. No, everyone is unique in their own ways. Everyone understands things differently. Not everyone will have the same understanding of things. But for me, the goal was always to help people. That is always what makes me content. It's what helps me to grow in my relationship with Christ is being more selfless and being more willing to serve and serve others. And I know everyone always uses this like this JFK quote, like to death. Let's not let's not beat around the bush where it's like, it's not what your country can do for you, but what you can do for your country. And I know a lot of people always like saying that quote, cause it sounds cool, but I will say that there's a reason that 
I take that a little bit to heart because the whole point is to help others, is to serve, to be willing to serve and not be served. Because that is the example that Christ has set for us as the church is to be willing to serve, to be selfless, to be willing to lay down everything for someone else, even if it doesn't make sense. And that is something that I'm learning more and more as I'm on this journey to be content with my life and really get to know more about who I am. And I know for a lot of people that's difficult because a lot of people have been through stuff, man. I'm not going to pretend like you watching or listening to the show haven't been through a lot of crap yourself. Maybe you've gone through a breakup. Maybe you've gone through a divorce. Maybe you lost your house. You lost a family member. You lost an animal. You lost something that was near and dear to you. And I can't tell you, hey, man, you'll be fine because that's not fair. That's not that's not loving. I can't tell you how to grieve. I can't tell you how to think about things. But what I can do is encourage you and be there and listen and provide help and support and be like, yes, when you need someone to talk to, I'm here. And for me, that's what makes me content. That's what helps me grow in my relationship with Christ. And this whole idea of learning to be content is learning, Josh, what drives you to love Christ more? And I know for me, it just comes down to helping people that I always tell people that I genuinely care so much about others, even to the point that it doesn't make sense. And I think it's funny because I think that's like, maybe it's just me being a little bit more like my grandmother where I never understood why, like I've said this multiple times where I never understood why my grandmother always said precious child to me, even after all the stupid mistakes that I made. But I remember that my grandmother was a very loving person. She was very kind. She was very patient. And it's interesting because I asked my mother this question and asked, why did I don't understand why my grandmother always said that? And my mom said, that's just how your grandmother was. But I fired back. Like it was something that was like, it just came out that it needed to be said to my mom that she needed to hear that. And I told her, what is stopping us from being like that? Why can't we all be like that? Look at the difference that it makes. And it brought my mom to tears because she had a, I would say, come to Jesus moment where she realized, hey, he's right. What am I doing? And it makes you think, yeah, what am I doing? And I know for me, after the whole thing where I had to go through a breakup and things like that and learning to be okay with being single because for a long period of time, I always thought being single was a curse. I always thought that it wasn't fair that it was happening to me, that that wasn't fair because everyone always tells me, Josh, you're great. You're such a lovable guy. You're very sweet. You're kind. But that was always the thing that irked me was that but. And on some levels, it still does. I'm not going to pretend like it doesn't. I'm human, you know, but it's something like that where it makes you reflect. I need to be okay when it's just me and God by myself. Like I need to be okay and content 
when it's just me and God, because he, if I believe as a believer that he is able to provide the, the food for birds, fishes, that these animals never have to worry about food or how to get it. Do I think that what makes me think that he's not going to take care of me when he takes care of them so well, he takes care of all the animals so well. And what makes me think that he won't take care of me, especially as someone who is viewed as his child. There's a reason why the scriptures, I think it's in Jeremiah one where it talks about like every good gift comes from above. God does not make mistakes. Everything has its time. Everything has its place. Everything has a reason for why it happens. The only thing that you have to be okay with is you might never know that reason why things happen. There's a reason it happened, but you have to learn to be okay to believe in someone that doesn't have to give you an explanation for anything. You don't ask God why he did what he did. You can't do that because he can do whatever he wants. He made everything. Everything belongs to him. Everything is under his control, but his will is perfect because it always has your best in mind. Just like what every parent does, you know, every parent only wants his best for their kids. Sometimes, yes, parents can be hard. Parents can be jerks. They can tough love. And some parents probably shouldn't even be in the position they're in. But the reality is like innately parents do care about their kids in some way or fashion. That doesn't mean that that can't be distorted. That doesn't mean that can't be twisted, but that's just the reality of things. But in my case, it's that whole idea of learning to be content is such a fascinating thing because yeah, some people say, well, you need to learn to be uh, content by going to the gym, working out, being slim and fit. Or some people are like, well, try to eat better and you'll be more content with your life. Or you'll see all these people throw around all this bull crap of what you need to do. When in reality, you need to ask yourself, what makes me content? Don't listen to what other people tell you. Ask yourself this question. What makes you content? Focus on yourself. Do a little bit of introspection. Because like I said, everyone is different will make someone content with their life and helps them to strive and do better is probably not the same thing that's going to help you, bud. I'm just being honest with you. It's not. It's different for everybody. But it's understanding that difference. It's understanding that, yes, it's okay that, sure, what makes me content doesn't make other people content. That's okay. It's not supposed to be, but it's okay because it's supposed to be unique for you because it's your life. And that's the reality of it is you have to figure it out on your own. That doesn't mean that someone won't be there to encourage you and help you along the way. But this is something that you have to do on your own. Your mom and dad ain't going to be holding your hand across, like all your life. Your friends aren't always going to be there. You have to learn to make some of these choices on your own. And this is one of them. I don't know where you're at in life, what stage of life you're at. But it doesn't matter what stage you're at. You're going to have to learn this lesson regardless. It's just, do you want to learn now? Or do you want to learn later when it's a little bit more difficult? Do you want to learn the easy way? Or do you want to learn the hard way? And that is always something that has always been challenging, you know, is the difference with learning the easy way and learning the hard way. Because I feel like there's a lot of times where I've learned the hard way. And I've been stubborn and been stuck in my own ways where I think that I'm right, but I'm not. 
it's called being humble guys it's called being more willing to be served or really be willing to serve more than you wanting to be served because human nature wants you to be served rather than serve the message of the gospel is serve others rather than being served take care of others and then you know take care of yourself put the needs of others first before yourself to be selfless to be humble rather than being proud and being selfish and this is something that i've had to learn i had to learn what it's like to really know the real me and i'm figuring it out little by little that doesn't mean i have it all figured out i'm not gonna pretend like i do but i'm working on it and i'm going to encourage you along the way like hey we're all human yeah we're not running the same race all of our races are different it'd still be nice to have someone walk run that race with you you know but that's really all i got i really wanted to talk about this today because i just felt that it was necessary that it was appropriate and i hope this encouraged you i hope it encouraged some of you guys if it did then great let me know you can click the like dislike button on this doesn't really matter but i really do appreciate you guys taking time of your day to listen to this episode again i apologize that it was a little bit later than usual but i love you guys to death Please continue to be safe. Please continue to take everyone around you. Don't do anything dumb, guys. Like, granted, there's only going to be one episode this week because I have multiple interviews. But I thank you guys for everything. You guys are great. You guys are wonderful. I love you guys. Please continue to be safe. Take care of those around you. Please continue to be mindful and respectful of the people around you because, let's be honest, the world is still weird and crazy. So let's just try to be nice and respectful towards everyone. But... Please take care, guys. Be safe. Have yourselves a safe weekend. Love you guys. And I'll see you guys next week. Bye. Hey there. Thank you for listening to today's episode. I really appreciate it. Thank you guys so much for taking time out of your day and listening to today's episode. If you're interested in supporting the show, whether it be financially, clicking the follow button, or just sharing the episode, it all works for me, guys. Thank you guys so much for your time, and I love you guys to death. Now more than ever, it's critical that customers find accurate information about your business. LocalWorks by Yahoo Small Business makes it easy to add, edit, and publish business information across 70-plus local directories from a single dashboard. Ensure your business is found with LocalWorks and save 10% today by using code LWPODCAST. Visit yahoosmallbusiness.com slash local to find out more. For the ones who know safety isn't a catchphrase, it's a culture. And the ones who help make sure everyone makes it home safe. For the safety-minded who watch everyone's backs, Granger offers supplies and solutions for every industry, as well as safety assessments and training to keep your facilities safe and your people safer. Call, clickgranger.com or just stop by. Granger for the ones who get it done. doesn't have to stop here if you have any questions suggestions or feedback head over right now to twitter and facebook and like share and get involved join us next time
please be advised that this podcast is meant for educational and informational purposes only and is in no way a replacement for legal or medical advice. The opinions contained within are solely those of the interviewers and interviewees and should be received as so. Those seeking help or advice are encouraged to obtain professional legal and medical services.